0: Log Talk Radio.
1: (laughs) Everybody's got a price. Everybody's going to pay.
2: Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Out in the Night out. You're tuning in to WrestleTalk 657-383-1521 We'll be discussing WWE NXT Ucha Underground ROH Fantasy Wrestling And we'll have some of the best damn interviews from professional and independent wrestling That you've ever heard
3: And I'm Joe Lamb Ladies and gentlemen Buckle your seatbelts Keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Rest of talk begins in five, four,
1: three, two, one,
3: enjoy the ride. Microphone. No more do I have a microphone sitting in front of me. Now I have the microphone up in the air pointed towards me. It is an absolute amazing, amazing microphone. Hopefully you can hear the sound that is coming out of my voice and you can hear the excitement in my voice. I almost spilt my beer. That would have been a real big party foul there, ladies and gentlemen. I, that, that would have been a real, real big party foul. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be an amazing night tonight. We've got the Hotspot segment, the Shoot and Shout segment, the talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the Finish U Wrestling segment, the Snippets to Truth. And if that's not enough for you, we've got David Ungar coming on the first hour, and then we've got Sadie Blaze, Dynamo Pro's own Sadie Blaze coming on on the second hour. It is going to be an absolute amazing, amazing show the day after Christmas. Let's not get anything else Let's go ahead and get into this because we have a lot to get into. So, intro, Timmy, if you could please hit that music.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal, loyal members of the WrestleTalk family, and I too. I'm connected now fully to the microphone, and I'm hesitant because, my goodness, it sounds crispy. I know we told you guys we were going to wait until the beginning of next year to start kind of upgrading some of the quality, but we couldn't help ourselves. Jonesy, cheers to you, man, and cheers to the WrestleTalk family for helping us with the mugs, coming out to the events, some of the donations and the contributions uh, that people have have put forth uh, to help the WrestleTalk podcast grow. And uh, tonight, man, as we uh, get into episode 278, we want to wish everybody uh, a Happy New Year and hoping that you guys had a very Merry Christmas. Uh, Some people still having that holiday hangover, but no worries, guys. We are here to discuss all things in the world of pro wrestling with you, no matter where you're in from. I got people from Central Kansas. I got people from St. Louis. I got people from Central Missouri, I got people from Illinois, I got people from Texas checking in, we got West Virginia, Virginia in the house, Florida's in the house, and I got two names that I can't see anymore in the chat, but man, we love you, we thank you, and if you're listening to the replay, we love you just the same. Thank you guys for being supporters of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Josie, I'm feeling good tonight, man. I got a little bit of a smorgasbord of uh, leftover uh, brewskis. But I'm curious, Hmm? bro, what are you sipping on tonight?
3: I am sipping on the classic Samuel Adams 76. Good old Sam 76. You can never go wrong with Sam 76. They call it the crushable beer for a reason.
2: Why do you you call it the crushable beer, Josie? Why is it called the crushable beer?
3: Because you can crush them. It's, it's, It's really, really smooth. You can take a bottle... And drink it, and before you know it, it's already done, and you just go to the next one, and go to the next one, and go to the (laughs) next one.
2: No no doubt. Well, listen, before we get any further, and we know, you know, we've got to get Carl Lewis in here to do his bit, but there's a couple people that I really, really wanted to thank. Uh, First of all, uh, Royal Alliance Wrestling, all the fans that came out to the show this past Saturday night, was absolutely off the hook. Uh, We were a little bit short of 100, uh, but we were close. Uh, so we definitely hit uh, our, our initial show goal. Um, I know there's a lot of people that wanted to come that couldn't, so we're excited uh, that you guys have the opportunity to do that in the future. As soon as I have a date for you guys on show number two, I will uh, definitely be announcing that. But huge thanks to everybody who came out, uh, Talking Dynasty podcast. We had the guys, some guys come out from St. Louis. We had guys from also Central Kansas, all the talent, the fans. Uh, we actually had one fan drive almost six hours up from Cape Girardeau, uh, just to come out to the show. So thank you to everybody involved in that. want to uh, thank my buddy Mike Walton who uh, allowed us uh, to come on his podcast to talk a little bit of Chiefs uh, about a week and a half ago. I don't know if he got the shout out when I initially sent it, but I wanted to thank my boy Michael. Michael does a hell of a job. Uh, I shared the podcast on my personal page when it dropped. So if you guys want uh, some great football talk. He's actually a Patriots fan, and he loves when you call and leave him voicemails and talk trash. You know what I'm saying? He's a good guy for that. Also, breaking fade. Uh, let us come on and talk about Royal. Uh, last Sunday it was, and then the episode dropped just a couple of days ago. So man, without you know going too deep into the relationships and and how great everybody's been, man, it, it's hard now to do these opens, bro, because we got to shout out so many different people. You're talking about just all the different shows that show us love and support, Jonesy, but man. Our newest sponsor, baby, King Cade at the Oak Park Mall. My boy Nick's showing hell love right now. <laughs> what up, Nick? <laughs> but, yo, but King Cade at the Oak Park Mall, our newest sponsors. We are still doing the silent auction for the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat action figure. All you got to go is do up there, place your bid. And uh, here shortly we're going to be announcing the winner. So make sure you guys uh, let them know uh, that the WrestleTalk Podcast sent you because uh, if you don't, then, uh, you know, we may not get a chance to do that again. And I got a bunch of stuff jonesy that i want to give away i got a lot of great stuff that i want to give away i got a very very exclusive wcw kevin nash action figure this was before wwe bought it out man i got a couple of uh, AAA luchador action figures that one right there is probably worth about 80 bucks on its own and then i got a honky tonk man action figure that i'm dying to give away so make sure you guys give king Kane a lot of love guys they're supporting us they're loving on us the way that Jeff Hollywood and Pat Milicic and those guys over there have been doing it for a long time. I mean, we, we just got so many great friendships and relationships that have been built over the last couple of years, man, as we continue to creep closer and closer to episode 300 of the WrestleTalk podcast. But you know what? 2019 ain't over, guys. Everybody's looking towards the future, and that's all well and good. But we still got business to handle, don't we, Jonesy? Tell them. We do.
3: We do still have business. To handle, uh, you know, it, it's 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 it it's 2020 is 2020. It's going to be absolutely amazing, but we are not completely finished yet. So, ladies and gentlemen, why don't you go ahead and do the honors of uh, and and uh, do what you always do, so we can get in this call, Lewis.
2: Ah, oh, you got it, brother. Well, we're going to ask everybody to please respectfully remove your caps as we take this moment to pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. That's America, damn it.
0: Oh, 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 say can you see And the rocket's red Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For the land of
3: the free It's tearing my eye every single time. And ladies and gentlemen, I just took a chug for my Washington Redskins, who have not had the greatest season, but that's okay. I still love the Washington Redskins.
2: Number one pick. (laughs) Y'all are about to have the. You guys about to have the number one pick. Either you guys are the Bengals. Oh my God, you guys are terrible. All right, guys, all that said, we're gonna go ahead and transition into the very first segment of tonight's show. We call it the high spot segment, where we give you the callers, the members of the Rest of Talk family, the opportunity to dial that number, call in, and talk to us about anything related to the world of professional wrestling.
4: If you just want to give
2: some holiday shout-outs, you can do that too. Guys, the number is six five seven. If you ain't scurred, dial that number And let's talk some wrestling As we kick off tonight's edition Of the High Spot segment Hit the music, Timmy
3: about anything, but Impact Wrestling, TNA, uh, well, TNA and Impact Wrestling are the same thing. AEW, WWE, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, th- there's one thing that I wanted to to talk about, and we have not talked about this, this, this yet. Um, you know, the the WWE is is selling a authentic fiend mask, right? Now this mask okay. is not. One of your plastic masks. This mask is actually the mask it it is designed by the guy that designed the fiend's mask. So it's like handcrafted. It's got latex. It's got skin. This circle costs $4,000. How many people do you think are going to buy that, Renee? How many people do you think is going to show out $4,000 to have a A a authentic themed mask.
2: Now, Jonesy, and and by the way, guys, we do see you guys on hold. We're going to go ahead and get Intern Timmy uh, with you right away so we can get you in the queue. We can jump on and talk anything in the world of professional wrestling. Let me do my very best to answer this question, Jonesy. They're going to sell a whole lot of those masks, okay? Maybe a couple thousand in a year. Why? Because people are frivolous. And the holiday season continues to demonstrate it. Since Black Friday, Americans have spent over $3 billion. $3 billion on holiday gifts. That's right. You know how much money, $3 billion? That's more than the national growth product of Guam. You understand? Americans love to spend money. And guess what? We ain't the only ones that got a bunch of it. You guys have seen all these wrestling companies traveling around the world. They're doing shows in Europe. They're doing shows in the Middle East. They're doing shows in Japan. And I mean, in Mexico. I mean, people, for as much as we complain about not having, we are very blessed, ladies and gentlemen. We really are. And even me. And listen, I'm going to be very honest, okay? The holidays were a little rough on your boy. We continue yeah. to take a little bit of contributions that people give us, put it back into the show, okay? Trying to run the promotion, trying to run things with the fam, you know, try, trying to run the FWWC, which is our fantasy group. All these things cost money. And as much as you love to hear me bitch and complain about how broke I am or whatever, because we all do it, this Friday, I'm still taking a road trip up to Iowa and I'm going to Wrestling Revolver and I'm sitting in the front seat. You know why? Because it's valuable to me. It means something to me. So, people love professional wrestling. The idea of someone spending $800 on an Undertaker limited edition belt (laughs) or $4,000 on a mask or $5,000 on a real championship it's not out of this world, man. It really is not. Not, Especially not in the richest country on the planet, the United States. They're going to sell a lot of those masks and honestly, I've seen them Dude, they're pretty dope Like, yeah, it's pretty dope Especially if you don't like your kids Right, and they won't listen right. to you around bedtime Throw that thing on right. real quick It'll be worth every that thinking that
3: penny
2: <laughs> Every penny
3: mass, mass, mass and Show up in your kids room Go take one lung Look at you pee The <laughs> running out of the damn room <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I love it, I love it We do not advocate, ladies and gentlemen Renee Martinez and the Talk Podcast, we do not support those thoughts from Nightmare Jones. If you do that, <laughs> do not tell them that we... <laughs> Yo. Shout out to Money. Uh shout out to the homie Bud keeping it one thousand. How does the space and time? What's up, man? Y'all got a number. Six five seven three eight three one five two 383 Do one, I'm sorry. Six five seven three eight three one five two one. And you know what, Josie? let's go ahead and get right into the callers, man, because you brought up the Bray Wyatt match, but there's so many other things in the world of pro wrestling we could talk about, and we're going to bring on a guy uh, who is a professional wrestling official, and he's one of the, the youngest and hottest and quickest rising stars of that particular craft, okay? This man is traveling across the country, recently back off a trip to Evolve, where he got to referee a Billy Gunn match. Ladies and gentlemen, a man that never hesitates to take a moment to put himself over the one, the only, everybody's favorite, well, maybe second or third, depending on who you are in the show, because Joe's a referee, Skywalker's a referee. But what I'm saying is a lot of people's favorite referee, folks. Welcome back into the show, our buddy, Rep Pinky.
1: What is All up, guys? It is a Christmas my love. miracle. Sexy
2: my oh, wait, wait, you
1: got love. intro music. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Ah. Uh. Hey, hey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I get this intro song? This is a great intro song. Apparently, you're too sexy for the ring. uh uh <laughs> Pinky, what's up, man? What's on your mind tonight?
4: Dude, I did not know I was going to get entrance music. That's pretty cool. Perfect song, too. That song definitely, like, illustrates my life right now in some form or fashion. I just know it does. Uh, but, hey, it's a Christmas miracle. I get to call in to the Wrestle Talk podcast, especially at the beginning. I've called in at the end before, but I'm really busy on Wednesday nights. But when I heard y'all are moving to Thursday this week, I thought, dude, let's call in and give him some heck. So, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> dude, that,
2: that's good to hear. Well, Joe, Jonesy- Me and Josie are pretty fired up. Josie, did you have any other topics? Or, hey, Pinky, did you have something you wanted uh, to to bring to the table in concern to what's going on with wrestling, man? Because, really, you can hit it from a lot of different places right now, man. It may be the holiday season, and it may be cold outside in some places in the country, but pro wrestling continues to be on fire.
4: Yeah, it does, and there's a lot of uh, of cool things we can talk about. I mean... We could talk about the guy on AEW that was throwing punches that weren't connecting. Uh, we could talk about, uh, you know, NWA into the fire and uh, how awesome uh, that promotion is. Um is. But I think I want to bring up kind of a controversial topic that people still talk about. Now, it's a few months old, but it's a, okay. it's a topic that people still bring up, especially since I'm a referee. They bring this up to me a lot, and actually it was just brought up to me last weekend. Um, the the whole idea of uh referee stoppage in a match. Uh,
0: um,
4: now now this was controversial because you know they had Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins, uh Hell in a Cell, I think it was, and uh the the match ended with referee stoppage. Um and a lot of people were upset about that. They said, Oh, how can a Hell in a Cell match end in a no in, end in a disqualification? It's supposed to be no DQ. See, this is where I get, this is where I get a little bit heated when it comes to wrestling. There's a difference between referee stoppage and disqualification, and I'm starting to sound like yeah. a, a uh, what's what's that one segment you guys do where everybody talks about what they hate? I'm starting to sound like that.
0: Shoot and shout segment. But my shoot and shout. As a
4: referee, oh. I totally
3: understand. As a referee, I totally get it. Like there is a difference between a ref stoppage, and a disqualification. A ref stoppage is when the competitor can no longer compete. That is a ref stoppage, when it is dangerous for the wrestler to compete. If a wrestler breaks his leg, it's a ref stoppage. It's not a disqualification.
4: (laughs) Right, and so so if Seth Rollins or Bray Wyatt had broken their leg and the referee stopped the match, would people be upset? Like, (laughs) where's it? Like, where do you draw the line? It's so weird. Wrestling fans are so weird. Um, but it was brought up again because I – a match that I refereed last weekend, the match ended in referee stoppage, and some of the fans actually at the intermission came up to me and were <laughs> kind of upset that I made that call. Um, so I had to give them the, the you know, the what for too. Um And the whole idea, I think, especially in Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins, and I know it's an old topic, but it's so relevant to me um, – they were the, – the whole idea behind Bray Wyatt, or The Fiend I guess, is that he is a horror movie villain type character. He's not meant to be like a, just a regular man, you know. And so what happens in every horror flick, it's like Voorhees or uh, Friday the 13th or Halloween or whatever, the, the, the bad guy, the monster, the villain, it looks like at the end that the hero is going to get him. It looks, it looks like they're dead. Right, And it looks like they're down, and it looks like they're out. And then what happens 99.999% of the time?
2: Comes back. Always.
4: He comes back. That's what we got, like, he comes back.
2: Halloween 17 right now. <laughs> That's why we right. got so many sequel. He baby. He comes gotta, back at the end. Gotta leave room for the sequel.
4: <laughs> right, he comes back at the end, right? And that was the whole idea behind the referee stoppage, and that was the whole idea behind Bray Wyatt looking like he was down and out, and then him coming back up through the rubble and killing, basically. Seth Rollins, right? And so, right. the whole the whole idea behind the the fiend character is that uh, he's a horror movie villain type character. And so, uh, I thought referee stoppage was perfect for that moment. Uh, I thought it was actually not just perfect, but brilliant. Um, that match couldn't have gone a better way for me. And even even top podcasters like Seth Rollins and or not Seth Rollins, like uh, uh, Sam Roberts and uh, other you know uh, I think uh, who's the PW Torch guy. Uh, they were all upset over the finish, and I'm like, I really thought wrestling fans that were more invested, like Sam Roberts or the guy from PW Torch, would understand what's actually going on. But even people like that don't, and it's crazy to me. That's why I love your podcast. You guys are awesome, and you guys actually know what's going on. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Now, we, we do have a little bit of breaking news, but Renee, why don't you go ahead and get your, in, 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 in your, your input in this before we hit the breaking news? No, I love it. And, and guys, this
2: is, exactly, this is exactly what the High Spot segment is created for. You think High Spots, you immediately think the biggest stories in pro wrestling, and, and we're going to cover those. But we're always going to have a unique perspective, which we see you guys joining us during this segment. And if there's something that you want to bring to the table, and, and you're eloquent and you can present it, then we welcome you to come on in and dial that number 657 383 1521. Um, if Drew Rep, if you got us on the uh, the speakerphone, you might want to cut that down because we're getting some distortion here on the mic. Um, but anyway, here's kind of my perspective on it.
3: Features spliced together clips from his early matches in Dayton to the long program he wrote against rival and roommate Sweet Tooth Jones for Cleveland's AIW formation. It's all set to the dramatic accompaniment of the Christian Shock Rock Claptrap. Although King tried to eliminate the popular desire videos, his video is hampered by grainy image quality, his own shoddy editing skills, and large lack of footage to edit. Given that five of his five of his nine matches were not video recorded at all, he spent hours editing the video. For example, when Scott Strapp belts out above all others, Will Fly King splices in the clip of the one time he went to the top rope and performed what some observers describe as a two-star false flash When Strap <laughs> sings "Hello, my friend, we meet again," this video features a moment in which King and opponent. Starship a stare down mid ring, trying to em- emulate the Rock and Hulk Hogan. Said this guy took a a a, a ten match career and did a, a a highlight video out of that match. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man, Josie, I gotta know what is your source for this late breaking news, bro? I gotta know where you got this from.
3: Fake news.
2: It's fake
1: like, uh, news. Yeah. It has to
2: be <laughs> Man, I keep telling you to stay away from the KFave news, man. You don't freaking listen, Jonesy. I try to warn you. You don't freaking listen. Well, I mean, who wouldn't?
3: Uh, who, who would not want why, to why, see why? a compilation of a guy's pin match career to the song "My Sacrifice" by Creed? <laughs> so, I mean, when he, are
2: we going to get a, a Rep Pinky uh, video compilation? uh to, to the creed song my sacrifice is that is that in the works there rep pinky
4: <laughs> um i tell you what the greatest compilations from my journey or career or whatever you wanted to call it would probably be just riding <laughs> riding in the car with some of the boys <laughs> like i haven't had too really? many like i haven't really had like too many good moments in the ring <laughs> i guess i'm just i mean i'm a referee uh early on i was a manager and i you know helped some people to win some championships but i mean <laughs> otherwise uh I don't know how many highlights would be on there, so yeah, most of my highlights are on I mean, the road and some of the some of the road stories I could tell you probably don't want to hear, so uh that that would be it.
3: Obviously awesome. if DJ awesome. think he wants to do a compilation, he would have to wait until he referees a Orange Cassidy match because that would be the highlight <laughs> of oh my gosh. referee for <laughs> <career>. real. <laughs>
4: Orange Cassidy, Uh, I'm I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'll say that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he he is a nice guy. Well, listen, I want to leave you with one uh, quick question, and we're going to try to get another caller in uh, before we're joined by Dave Ungerman of Attitude of Aggression. So I want to ask you this, and it's more on the serious side. So recently you and I ran into each other, and you were working with another young referee, uh, Ref Joe uh, of XWE. Uh, I'm curious. Has it become a little surreal to you that even though you're still fairly young in the game, you've got guys that are already seeking the knowledge that you've attained because you do do the legwork, uh, Ref Pinky. I know you've been traveling. I know you've committed yourself uh, to the craft, all right, maybe even made some personal sacrifices to make sure that you can be seen in this business as somebody that is serious about it. What do you say and what do you do when you pull a young guy to the side like that and What kind of knowledge are you trying to drop in their ears um, if they are looking to pursue a career in professional wrestling, particularly as referees?
4: Man, it's crazy, you know. Uh, I've only been refing really, for two years. Uh, August 2017, so two and a half years. Uh, August 2017, uh, Flex Reed threw a referee shirt at me. It was about five sizes too big and said, hey, get in the ring, you're going to ref tonight. And so... uh, uh, before that, I'd never really repped a match. I'd never really done anything in the business. And my first match that I ever repped, was well, I I had done some stuff with uh, KCXW managing. I had had a handful of matches, and uh, the very first match I ever repped was an eight-man tag with a bunch of guys from Texas who I had no idea who they were. And let oh me tell gosh. you, it was
0: it it was
4: awful. Um, and I mean, now now I know who they are. I've, I've been on a few shows with them and everything, and it was the, you know the. Texas Outlaws and Shane Garrett and uh, Jake Logan and those guys. And I'm just like, w- why you got to do this to me? Why you got to <laughs> it... uh,
2: is that the game that rides with, with Nigel? Is that who that is? Uh, no, I know.
4: I think they work a lot of the same shows, but it wasn't none, It wasn't those guys, no. But okay, uh,
2: gotcha.
4: I just remember being thrown into that and not really knowing what to do. I messed up a lot. I had no idea kind of where I was or what I was supposed to be doing. And so uh, to go from that to uh, where I'm at here at the end of 2019, only two and a half years later, is pretty insane. Um, yeah, I've I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of amazing people, uh, go a lot of amazing places. And so uh, when guys that have been doing this for less time than me, or sometimes even guys or girls that have been doing this longer than me come to mm-hmm. me and ask me what I think or uh, what I would do here or uh, kind of where I would be in this moment or how I would sell this or how I would do that, it's it's pretty cool to me. Um, I, I never really had any formal training as a referee. Uh, I trained as a manager and as a wrestler and then just ended up being a referee on one show and decided I loved that and kept with it. Um, and so when people come to me, especially referee Joe, who is awesome, by the way, he is in a a similar situation as me. He kind of was just flung onto a show last minute. Uh, I think his first show he refereed in blue jeans and (laughs) all that, I think, um, And so he, he, he was in a similar situation and he's trying to learn, he's trying to get better. Uh, I'm actually trying to get him on the road with me, uh, here at a few places. So, uh, he, he's a young guy, referee Joe, who, uh, who really has a passion for this. Um, he travels and goes to shows and everything like that. And so, uh, he, he's showing, uh, his passion and his heart and his, uh, his, his, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, well, he wants to do this. Um, and so when people like that come up to me, it's amazing. Um, it's, it's a great feeling. Um, it, it makes me feel like I can really invest in this business because uh, that's really all I want to do. Um, and, and really, it's not just wrestling. It's not just anything else that I do. My biggest passion in life is investing in and helping people, um, and that's why I do everything that I do.
2: Wow. Uh, well, Drew, thank you so very much for that insight. Um, you know, Drew's come through uh, on several different occasions and saved us. Uh, some of you guys know him as uh, Hype Man Pinky. Some of you guys know him as Rep Pinky. I know him as Friend. Uh, he's a good dude. We work together on a lot of different projects. And trust me, he's one of those guys that's doing things the right way. Um, he cares about this business dearly. He wants to carry himself with a lot of dignity and integrity. And not only does he want to do that, he wants to share that and the importance of it with the next generation of referees, including our boy, uh, Jeff Siefkiss, uh, formerly Raider Fan Jr. <laughs> For those of you guys who've seen him at a show know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know what, Jonesy, before we move on uh, to Dave Unger, and Luchador, we know you've been waiting, brother. We'll get back to you right after we're done with Dave, so don't go anywhere. Um, maybe you can jump in early on the FWWC segment. But I did want to say this because we did bring up Joe. This Friday, Jonesy, the Buffet Club,
4: along with
2: the Wrestle Talk Podcast, will be jumping in a big van with the guys of MEW and a couple other stragglers that are going to be joining us. And we're going to go ahead and make the trip up the Wrestling Revolver, which is Sammy Callahan's promotion. Uh, we're going to be really? recording some video, which we'll put out on the WrestleTalk Podcast YouTube page. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you do that. All of these shows that we do here on Facebook Live eventually end up over on YouTube. But because we are doing the podcast, doing the fantasy group, running uh, Royal Alliance Wrestling, that does not mean that the Wrestle Talk train stops moving, moving. As a matter of fact, those things are just fuel to the fire. Wrestle Talk will be continuing to stay strong. We're going to go and smash all the way through episode 300 and beyond. And I just wanted to say that Jonesy, and I know I don't want to get all sentimental here. But, dude, the greatest gift that I've ever gotten outside of my family was the day you asked me to be part of the Talk podcast, man. Around the holidays, I always remember what it was like before I was part of this show. And I had a lot of fun, a lot of great friends, but not that many people that I could consider to be family. And in wrestling, when you get into this community, it really does become family. For those of you guys that are sitting on the outskirts, don't know what part in pro wrestling you want to play, Listen, it's great to be a fan. That's probably the best experience in professional wrestling. But if you happen to wander in through, like, Alice in Wonderland, the world of pro wrestling, you will learn exactly what I'm talking about. So many people have supported us. I mean, John Cosper sent us two books. I mean, we basically just had him on the show last week, and a few days later we had some brand-new books autographed, signed by John Cosper himself delivered to our houses. That's the kind of relationships that you build in pro wrestling. That's why we love this so much. And whether it's one or 1,000 listeners a week, we're going to continue to do the Russell Talk podcast with love and passion and, and and fire because you guys as the Russell Talk family deserve it. But, Jonesy, thank you so much, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you for everything. Thanks for being a great friend. And uh, I love you, brother, man. You're a good dude. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I, I feel
3: – the uh, same about you. It, it was absolutely awesome getting those uh, those uh, books. And, you know, who knows what 2020 is going to bring for the rest of Talk Podcast. Maybe it's the year that we finally get some WWE guys on. But you know what? I don't really think that we need to get WWE guys on. I think that the way that we're doing things right now is the way that it needs to be done.
2: Well, absolutely, because those guys are getting plenty of uh, camera time. But, listen, that doesn't mean that we won't strive for the best interviews possible. Uh, We got a little bit of an in this past weekend uh, with Mike Bennett, uh, who might be joining us on the show early in 2020. Still chasing hard after Hacksaw Jim Duggan. But you know what? That's in the future. Today we've got a couple of awesome exclusive interviews to close out 2019. And we're going to go ahead and kick that off, guys, because I'm excited to have this gentleman back on. The first time he joined us, it was a little while back. We had a great conversation. And you know what? What better time than to bring Dave back on than right after the holidays? We know it's a man that likes to spend a good amount of time on the ice, and he loves him, some professional wrestling. You guys can find him over at theattitudeofaggression.com. He's a hockey writer. He's a pro wrestling junkie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back in the one and only Dave Unger.
3: How
5: you doing, man? Guys, what is going on?
6: Happy holidays. Hope everything's going well with you fellas.
3: Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely awesome. going great. The 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 Michael family is going
6: great. How was your Christmas, though? It was uh it, pretty good. Pretty rainy out here in uh, Southern California. Weird, weird weather. It's a big winter storm. They actually had a tornado warning down in Orange County out here today. That that never happens out here. So it's. <laughs> It's strange It's strange stuff out here in SoCal But uh, how was So how was your guys holiday
3: Mine was really 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 good I I got everything that that I could ask for I got you know Spend time with with the uh, family So I had a good thing A good Christmas It was pretty good
2: Hey as was mine guys I had the opportunity to spend it with the fam um, and pretty much got them everything that they wanted this year, which is uh, a little a little different for me. Uh, you know, the hard work is, is actually starting to pay off a little bit. But I'll tell you what, Dave, even though the Christmas holiday has had me in a whirlwind, uh, man, we could not help ourselves but to do a show today with everything that's been going on in the world of professional wrestling. And, you know, when we talked to you last time, there was no AEW. When we talked to you last time – There was no NWA Tower, you know, and now in, in, what, about a year or so, all these things have come to fruition, and we had to get your thoughts because you're a guy that spends a good amount of time watching, writing, reading, and talking about professional wrestling, and I know that we've kind of been taken by surprise with all this new content. Not to mention, NXT is as good as it's ever been, and NXT UK is kicking ass. So I guess let me start right there. What's got you excited these days about the world of pro wrestling? Because there is just so much of it. It's hard to cover all of
6: it. Yeah, I actually think this is like my third time on the show. Uh, and, and I mean, I really appreciate you guys having me back on. I apparently haven't screwed myself up the first two times. So <laughs> bonus <laughs> points go, for me. But I, I, think, I think like I talked to you guys right after Double or Nothing. I don't remember exactly. But all that aside... Uh, you know, I was excited about AEW then. I- I'm still excited about AEW now. My-, my expectations have kind of leveled off a little bit with them just because of, uh, you know, just kind of where things are going lately. But NXT has really taken the world by storm. Uh, I didn't expect to see them as prominent as they are to where now they are arguably the number one brand in all of pro wrestling, which just kind of, you know, you would never have thought that six months ago. You would have said, "Nah, that's, you know, they'll always be considered developmental." And now you look at where they are, and you're like, "Okay, I don't see how they're developmental when you look at Raw and SmackDown." So NXT is very exciting. I, I am excited about AEW. I, I am. I they, they they do have some issues, and I know I've said that on my podcast and other shows, but uh, they they you know they create this great opportunity in the pro wrestling industry for. Uh, at least the appearance of comp- competition, even if it's not truly competition or WWE acts like, well, it's not really competition. It, there's the appearance of competition, which has made WWE step up their product. You've got NWA Power, which is, uh, you know, I haven't watched as much of that as I want to. But it that that's really cool because it feels like Georgia Championship Wrestling in 2019, which is fantastic. Uh, the industry is seemingly... Doing pretty well. I mean, you, you look at the numbers that NXT and AEW Dynamite are drawing. Those are uh, those are pretty decent numbers, all things considered. So it it's a very exciting time as to uh, what's happening in pro wrestling.
2: Man, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I'll tell you what. I, I'm always curious to know how you split your time. Because you say you still got an affinity with AEW, but you say, hey, lately – I'm not in, maybe I'm not enjoying as much as I did initially, right? Like, the nostalgia wears off fairly quickly, pretty much with anything these days. And you've got your WWE, your NXT stuff. How, how do you find the balance? Uh, are you watching everything on DVR? Are you just catching highlights on YouTube? Because I'm very curious to know how somebody that also covers pro wrestling um, in the media, so to speak, how you find a way to keep track of all of it. And maybe the simple answer is, well, I have Twitter, right? <laughs> so I can pretty much know everything <laughs> no. that's going on. But what do you go out of your I, way to watch is really
5: more like
6: So, look, let me ask you guys. Now, you guys are coming up on your 300th episode, right?
2: Yes, sir, we are.
6: Okay, and, and I'm, I'm sniffing around that same area. So I think, you know, we've both been doing this long enough, all three of us been doing this long enough to know that if you're not really watching the product, then you should not be hosting a podcast about it. And, and there's a lot of them. As you guys know, there's a lot of podcasts out there who do that. They podcast about this stuff. They're not really watching the product. I I don't think you can get by just watching highlights. Like what I do is I I do, I watch Raw and uh, SmackDown on Hulu as much as I can. Every once in a while, I'll try and DVR it and watch it back, you know, totally. But I I will kind of look at the match card, and you can find highlights and stuff. So, you know, to be straight with you guys, Raw and SmackDown just has not held my interest as much as NXT or AEW lately. I wish that would change. But the only time it really changed was when NXT invaded SmackDown. And other than that, it's, it's just so I'm like, okay, I'll watch the Hulu version, and I'll check out the highlights. If, and if something really interests me, I'll go and watch it, you know, the full Dave, match. Dave, listen, uh, no,
2: one, no one can blame you. It's a five-hour commitment a week. That is yeah. a huge commitment from your audience.
6: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by and large, it's just not that compelling. I don't know what you guys think, but Raw and SmackDown is not – Been just knocking me out of my seat yet, you know, the last month or so. But yeah, AEW. Hey, I'll 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 DVR that and watch that. And NXT. Okay, I don't worry about that because I can watch that on the network. But yeah, I I have not been able to catch as much NXT UK as I'd like. I've almost abandoned ship on 205 Live, which bugs the hell out of me because I used to watch that religiously. But yeah, Yeah, there is simply no way. Yeah, there's just no way you can get through all of it as one person. I mean, even even if you guys said, okay, look, I'll watch this, you watch that, and we'll combine forces. <laughs> uh, you right. Know, that, right, I mean, that makes it difficult as well because, oh, this is great now, oh, I got stuck with, who gets raw, st- you know, raw and SmackDown this week? Oh, man, that's not a cool assignment, you know, that sort of thing. But
2: uh, I know how that would go. I know Joe would get N- NXT, AEW, and New Japan. And I'd be stuck uh, with Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. That's probably how it would break down because Joe's always and, and impact
6: and impact would be impact would be the best of the three, which is which says something <laughs> right now.
2: You know what? Hey, John Cosper was saying that to us last week, Dave. He was like, "Hey, you guys can laugh all you want, and we weren't laughing." I think you know he's kind of speaking generally, but they are doing some pretty interesting stuff, and, and that's the crazy thing. Like we're so caught up with the Raw and SmackDown thing because it goes so much. It goes back so much further with most of us than anything that's on TV yeah. right now. You almost feel like obligated to watch it, and then you end up missing it. Like my question last week was, "What? Why the hell is no one talking about New Japan? That's like the best wrestling in the world right now, arguably. And when you go to any yeah. news wrestling website, they're they're not talking about it, and, and it it's absolutely insane to me. How quick we are to dismiss things that we're not familiar with to go back to the same old, same old that we can all agree is not as good as it used to be. No disrespect, WWE is the big dog in town. Um, but, you know, the truth of the matter is, Dave, you've got to be very selective with what you're putting your time into these days. And, you know, one thing that I find interesting is that because you do keep up with the current product as much as possible, you have a very unique perspective, especially when you talk about old school stuff. So it kind of leads me to my next question. Recently, um, just going back and looking through my notes, you had the opportunity uh, to do a show about Al Snow. And I thought it was pretty cool that you had that opportunity because that's one of the guys that I think we can all relate back to, uh, you know, back to his Attitude Era days. But he's still extremely relevant today. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience?
6: Yeah, I mean, Al is, uh, you know, that was a great interview, and and I tell you, and I, you know, and I should probably apologize to anybody out there with that with that interview, uh, you know, at the at the outset of it. Oh, dogs are upset with me. Um, you know, with Al, it was like I I didn't want to go into that interview, just talking about head or mannequins or or anything like that. You know, that was not what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to really get a different perspective on what was new with Al, and and so it was a lot about his wrestling school, which is one of the few that I've ever heard of that's been accredited. And that's a big deal. And I, and I asked Al about that on the interview as to why that was such a big deal. And it just adds a lot of different credibility and, and layers to what, what, you know, what he's doing with the school. But he was a great interview, a lot of fun to talk to a lot of insight. It was like interviewed him on October 2nd. So it was the day that the Wednesday night war launched. So, you know, getting his perspective as to what we might be experiencing and him saying, well, this isn't the same as the Monday Night War. The, You know, Vince was in a lot of trouble back then. The stakes aren't as high. And I think that still rings true. You know, the Wednesday Night Wars are great. They've been fantastic for the industry. But let's be honest, the Monday Night Wars, they're not. Now, I'm not trying to be like Baby Yoda and speak like him or anything. but
2: uh,
1: <laughs> Hey, wait, how are you
2: calling? You know, wait a minute. Baby Yoda, he's 50 years old. We can't call him Baby Yoda anymore. Maybe Mini Yoda? I,
6: the child. I I just stick with the child. The child. <laughs> but 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 right, from a marketing yeah, perspective, from a marketing per- <laughs> yeah, from a marketing perspective, let's be honest, it's Baby Yoda, and they're and they are playing that up for every cent yes, or are. million cents first. <laughs> but uh, Al Al Snow, getting back to him, that was a a lot of fun with the interview, and I mean I liked his perspective just on the Monday Night Wars and and that you know well it's a different time, it's a different era. Uh, he was critical, I know, of the 24-7 championship at that time. It was still kind of popular, and Al was, you know, I'd ask him what he thought, whether he agreed with them not just rehashing the hardcore championship, and he liked it, but, you know, again, it's like there just wasn't, there's nothing on the line with that title. So it only it only captures your interest for so long before you're like, oh, what do I care at this point? And, and so I thought, you know, it was a great conversation just with him about the industry, about the various aspects of the industry. I know you guys were talking before I came on about just getting involved in the industry and, and you know, a fan getting involved in the industry, and we've got greater access to stuff than we ever did. So and his school is very much like that, just a, a very, you know, wide-ranging sort of thing. If you can't be a wrestler, you can be a ref, or you can be on the lighting crew, or you can be part of the tech crew or sound or a whole bunch of stuff that the school teaches you. So it's, it's really an all-encompassing Type of introduction into the world This crazy industry of pro wrestling Al was Al real cool I mean he had, the guy's in phenomenal shape man Absolutely phenomenal shape
2: Well not only that uh, Collar and Elbow you guys have probably been seeing that stuff All over for about the last year and a half I also know a lot to do With Collar and Elbow which is kind of a cool thing It's a, it's a merchandise that allows Independent uh, talent To market the product With a coupon code That kicks back money to them so I, I thought that was a great concept, which he had a, a big a big play in that, from what I understand. And the fact of the matter is, if you guys want to learn professional wrestling, going back and watching anything to do with Out Snow, uh, including but especially the interview with Dave over at Attitude and Aggression uh, of Attitude of Aggression dot com, make sure you guys go out of your way uh, to check that out again. That's Attitude of Aggression dot com. Josie, I want to have you pop in here. I don't want to be selfish and take all the questions because I know you got to. Uh, a good little list of them yourself, man. Why don't you jump in uh, with tonight's first guest, uh, Dave Unger?
3: Absolutely. Um, so, Dave, uh, outside of, of wrestling, you you have been a a, a featured columnist for a uh, for the Washington Capitals hockey team. Uh, last year, they actually won the uh, Stanley Cup. So, how does, does 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 it feel to be a a a column columnist? for the uh, uh, team that won the Stanley Cup last year?
6: Well, <laughs> I mean, I've been a Capitals fan all my life. I mean, I grew up in Washington, D.C. I'm right now, you know, reveling in the Nationals World Series Championship. So it's been it's been a fun couple years to be a D.C. sports fan, uh, Redskins and Wizards excluded. But that's another story. <laughs> I was uh, going
2: to say, <laughs> don't you forget about the Wizards and the Redskins, because Joe... My, my partner in crime here happens to be a Redskins fan, so take it easy on him. Take it real easy.
6: <laughs> I, I feel I feel his pain, believe me. But yeah, the Capitals <laughs> winning the Cup was um man, that was that was something crazy. And and I haven't been yeah, I haven't written about them in quite a while because you know that was that was a few years back, and and things went in a different direction life wise and that sort of thing. But yeah, when I remember when I was covering the Caps, they were always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Couldn't break through. Uh, and it hadn't really gotten as bad as, um, you know, things would get with some of the series against Pittsburgh the last few years and uh, and that sort of thing. So seeing them actually break through was absolutely incredible. Uh, I went to the banner-raising game. I went back to D.C. last uh, November or October for the banner-raising game, which was an unbelievable experience. Still kind of figuring, you know, was that a dream or did that sort of thing happen? So I'll be going back to uh, D.C. for the Nationals banner-raising ceremony as well. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the Capitals are just, that was just a tremendous story. I mean, it's it's great when you go 27 years between championships. Like, we hadn't had anything to celebrate in D.C. You know, D.C. United notwithstanding. Of course, that's a different story. But, you know, out of the four major sports, we haven't celebrated anything since 1991. And for the Capitals to be the team that actually broke the curse was, Enormously satisfying, then.
3: Absolutely, uh, go caps. Um, so you said that, that you you've been watching NXT uh, a lot more. Uh, that's pretty much the uh, way that that I am. When it was on strictly the WWE network, I very rarely caught NXT. But as soon as it came on TV and it was more a- a- accessible. I started watching it more, and I got to say, last Wednesday, I was thoroughly impressed the fact that Rhea Ripley became the NXT Women's Championship. Women's Chamber. I think that that was, was absolutely awesome. I think it was the perfect time for her to win that championship. And I wanted to know what your thoughts about Rhea Ripley beating Shayna Baszler for the uh, NXT Women's title.
6: I agree with you. I think she was the perfect person at the perfect time. I mean, Shayna Baszler had been so. Di- I mean, and, and the people out there who hate on Shayna Baszler, I'm like, I don't know what the hell you want from her. She's done everything that she <laughs> could possibly do as a women's champion. She's dominated her division. She's put people over and made them look good without, you know, beating herself. She's gotten better on the mic. She's done everything, you know, and, and I think Shayna's not going to get recognized for this, but I'll say it. She filled that void that Asuka, that was when Asuka left. You know, Asuka was so dominant yes. and the division was yes. building up underneath her, you know, because Sasha was gone. Charlotte was gone. Bailey was on her, was transitioning out. And it always bugged me that, yeah, I, I understand why they put the title on Asuka, but they did it in such a way that they created this huge void that once the, th- once the four horsemen, horsewomen were gone, you had Asuka and you really had nothing left. And I thought Shayna came in at the time she did and allowed that NXT women's division to build up. She was a stabilizing force that allowed that division to build up underneath her. And as the division's building up underneath her, I'm watching people like Bianca Belair, and I'm like, she's good, but no, she's not the one. Or I'd watch uh, Io Shirai, i like, wow, she's really good, but she's not the one either who should be running this division. And I went through that whole process, the entire run of Shayna. And I just never got to the point where I said, this is the person who should take her place until Rhea showed up. And I thought they played that up well. Rhea Ripley, I mean, and they, and, they, and they did it in such a way with everything she did at War Games and everything she accomplished at Survivor Series, they did it in such a way that Rhea Ripley was positioned as such a badass. It took somebody of that magnitude to finally take down Shayna. I don't think Shayna lost anything from that defeat last week. Rhea Ripley obviously gained a ton. But Shayna Baszler didn't come out of that thing, in my opinion, looking all that weak. And now the rumors are she's going to win the Women's Royal Rumble. So I think it's the best possible scenario for NXT. You've got Rhea Ripley, you know, the NXT Women's Champion. Great. Shayna had the belt over a year. Get somebody else who's fresh in there. Uh, Get some different matchups, different looks. The Women's Division is extraordinarily strong on NXT. You compare the NXT Women's Division to AEW's and tell me if they are any comparison oh, between the two. Yeah,
2: it's not even not even close.
6: So yeah, I totally agree. Love seeing Rhea Ripley win the uh win the women's title. Uh, I think the NXT women's division is tremendously strong. Uh, WWE's women's divisions are by and large very strong. No nothing to worry about there.
3: Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do have some breaking news. This was just reported By uh, uh, WrestleZone.com, Andrade just beat Rey Mysterio at Madison Square Garden to become the newest WWE U.S. title champion. So, Andrade has beat Rey Mysterio to become the new United States champion. Whoa, 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 whoa,
2: whoa. Just one more time. Give us that news just one more time because I got people that are telling me they, they can't believe what they just heard.
7: One
3: more time, Jonesy. Andrade has beat Bay Mysterio in a match at Madison Square Garden and has became the new WWE United States champion. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I love I to some Andrade. I think that Andrade um, is one fantastic. of the best wrestlers in WWE right now. Uh, just just his 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 style, the way he wrestles. Uh, you know, I don't even think he really needs Selena Vega anymore. I think that he can literally do it his own. He doesn't really need Selena Vega anymore. That's just my my thoughts. What do you all think? Your
2: reaction to the news?
3: Uh, bravo. That's
6: all I could say. Yeah, put the United States Championship <laughs> on Andrade. That guy is one of the best workers. And, I mean, God, it was just a couple years ago on this podcast, we had written him off. We were just like, you know, I, I mean, he started in okay, but he had just become completely irrelevant as a babyface. And then Zelina comes along. He turns into a serious heel. And, man, I mean, it's, he's – and they keep, you know, they keep teasing like they're going to push him. And here maybe they're actually going to run with this a little bit. I mean, having the United States Championship change hands at a Madison Square Garden house show the day after Christmas—that you got to see, man. You got to take your hat off to WWE. You get all pissed off at them, and they're they're not doing anything right, and then they do something like that. And you're like, well, all right, <laughs> never mind. I'm. I'm they, i they, I'm, that's you get nailed it. That's thrilling. Mm.
2: That is absolutely that is absolutely huge stuff, Josie. Thank you for that breaking news. Well, you know what, guys. Uh, As excited as I am to continue, I want to make sure that you guys start preparing yourselves because here in about three minutes, we do have to get into tonight's edition of the Shoot and Shout segment where we'll all get 30, 40 seconds, however long we need, to get something off our chest that's just pissing us off, wrestling related or not. We're going to be doing that here in about two minutes and 40 seconds, so just be ready because I want you two to bring the heat because I got a good one tonight. That said, going back to you, Dave, the Christmas season is forgiving It also from receiving. As long as you've been a wrestling fan, I'm always curious to know, what is your pro wrestling prized possession? Do you own something or have you been somewhere that is like the pinnacle of your pro wrestling fanhood? I personally still have my original Stone Cold Steve Austin book that I bought from the Boca Raton uh, um, Elementary School Library when I was only 10 years old. It's not signed or anything, but it was my very first ever pro wrestling book. That's my prized position. What's yours?
6: Ooh, man, that's that's tough because, I mean, I've been to a lot of these shows. I I mean, obviously the stuff in my head that I can't share with anybody, those are my most prized possessions, but I do like – like I've been collecting, I keep getting these pins that you know we get this WWE Slam crate, and they right. keep sending these pins. They're replica title belts, so they were for a while, and now they're just other sorts of stuff. But the replica title belt that I've got, I mean, there it's like almost the entirety of the WWE Championship belt collection. Uh, so it, it's pretty That's cool. Awesome. It's like it's a universe. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, you know, that is pretty. That is pretty cool. That's probably my. My best stuff. I mean, I've got some signed photographs from like the Patriot Del Wilkes from when he came on the podcast. He sent me some stuff. Uh, I do have my picture with the one and only Woo Nature Boy Rick Flair. Uh, that Ooh. was a lot of fun. Get, <laughs> that's always a to good sit one. next to him. Getting to sit next to him in Dallas, Texas. Man, that that there—that's a good picture. They're probably stuff like that. I'd say.
2: uh dude, that—that's so awesome. Always curious to know. Uh, uh, what people collect because we're all kind of nerdy in that way. We've all got our little prize possessions. Well, listen. Uh, before we get into the shoot and shout segment, I guess I did have one last question. You continue to contribute to the world of professional wrestling through attitude of aggression. If I bumped to you in the street, if I bumped into you in the street and I was wearing a John Cena T-shirt or a Degeneration X T-shirt, and I looked over at you and I asked you if you like pro wrestling. What would be the first thing that you told me about what you do with Attitude of Aggression?
6: I'd say not only do I love pro wrestling, I podcast about it. You know, if you want to learn about what's going on in the WWE and AEW predominantly and some great interviews, I would go and check out the Attitude of Aggression. I've talked to some Al Snow, talked about him, talked to Glacier, talked to Barry Horowitz. That's actually coming out in a couple days. Um, Some fun interviews with some, uh, some of the all-time greats. So I would say that's what the Attitude of Aggression is about. Covering wrestling, good interviews, some humor. It's not so much fun talking to myself, but, hey, it is what it is, guys. I, I can talk to you guys. That makes it even better.
2: <laughs> well, we know if anybody can pull off talking to himself alone for an hour and a half, it's the one and only Dave Unger. Don't you agree with that, Joe? <laughs>
3: oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%.
2: So what do you guys say? You ready for a little bit of fun during tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast shoot and shout segment?
6: I think I I think I got something, sure.
2: All right, intern Timmy, you know what to do, baby. We're getting ready to get into a little bit of a therapeutic session. So go ahead and bust out your tissues, because we're about to get a little sensitive in tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast shoot and shout segment. It's one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Everything is Everybody sucks. You don't really know
3: why, but you want to justify. And someone's head off. No human contact. And if you interact, you your life is on contract. May... All right, right. going first, sir. I don't know.
2: Million-dollar question. Who's ready? Okay. I can be ready, um, <laughs> but let
0: Jonesy do not Oh, don't, all,
2: don't <laughs> jump ahead of each other, guys. All right, Dave, you're our guest, man. Go ahead and lead us off uh, with your shooting shot for the evening.
6: You know, this is directed to the AEW fanboys and fangirls out there. Look, guys, I love AEW as much as anybody. But stuff I read today on Twitter, I was, like, just shaking my head where somebody who says, I've been to 12 WrestleManias, house shows, pay-per-view events, and there's nothing like an AEW live event. And I'm like, you know what? That's ridiculous. I've been to four WrestleManias. I was at double or nothing. And if you're telling me that being at an AW live event rivals when Stone Cold Steve Austin came out at WrestleMania 32, you're wrong.
2: You're That's lying. <laughs>
6: you're lying. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. Wait, wait. You are...
2: <laughs> Liar. <laughs> wait, wait. So, Dave, a couple, of, a, a couple of weeks ago, Jonesy did his K kayfabe segment. And, you know, K-Fig News, the, the shit's hilarious, right? So yeah, right. Joe, there was a guy who had never left his mom's basement, and after watching a preview for an AEW show, he had already blogged and proclaimed AEW the greatest promotion of all time. That sounds so much like your shoot chat right now. Josie, I don't know if you still have that, but God, that was so hilarious. It reminds me of what Dave just said. Josie, can you shed a little bit more light on that? Because it sounds just like what Dave was talking about,
3: yeah, I mean I don't have the the article right in front of me. I would have to 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 search it. but basically the guy lived in his mom's basement and uh he watched a e w and he became a a a a instant a e w fanboy and you know and it's just it 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 was the funniest damn story ever <laughs> it <was pretty> funny. <laughs> all right. I mean, I it's, no joke. it's just
2: crazy. You're up, baby. What, what do you got? Yeah, they're obsessed.
3: It's crazy. I'm telling you. What do you got, Joe? What do I got? Here's my shoot and shout. It has nothing to do with professional wrestling. What it has to do with is when you are cooking Christmas dinner and you 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 go look for something that you need and you realize that you don't have it and then you realize that there's no damn grocery stores open on Christmas. So you can't get what you need, so therefore you can't have any damn sweet potato souffle because you don't have any damn marshmallows, and you can't have sweet potato souffle without the marshmallows.
2: This man says sweet potato souffle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's, that's so good. That that is, that is so good, man. I love sweet potato souffle. Well, listen, I'm going to go ahead and jump in with mine. And uh, mine is very real, just like you guys. And mine involves also holiday shopping. Tell me why. Last minute, the wife goes out to buy a couple of gift cards. She gets in line, pays, asks the lady, how many bags? The lady says, two bags. My wife grabs her two bags, comes home,
4: realizes
2: the gift cards aren't in any of the bags has me drive her back up to the store, has a face-to-face with the cashier, and the cashier says, I don't remember you, (laughs) nor do I remember the gift cards. And it had been less than 30 minutes. Here's why I'm upset about it. She had to threaten them and tell them that if they did not give her the gift cards, that she was going to call the police. And wow. she told him, and she, they were like, we're not going to refund you. And she said, if I would have walked out of here accidentally with a candy bar, you guys would have had me arrested and beaten <laughs> and thrown in jail. So I'm not moving from here until somebody gives me my goddamn gift card. And guess what? She got the gift cards back. So round of applause. Good.
8: For my <laughs> Good I'm for telling her. you,
2: retail workers – I don't know what it is, and listen, I work retail. I know it's a hard business, but listen, you got to be better than that. How is somebody going to leave, and less than 30 minutes before they left, you're going to say you don't even remember? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is a terrible shooting show, but it just drives me crazy, the incompetence of some of the people in retail these days. And I'm telling you, this is a happy ending. Had they tried to deny my wife, dude, she would have climbed up on the shelves and come down on them like freaking uh, uh, Jimmy Snooker, she was not walking out Walmart without those damn gift cards, and I thank God I was kind of you know pr- you know praying and thanking God so much that I didn't have to bail my wife out of jail because God damn those people at Walmart had her hotter than a hornet. That's my shooting shout for tonight, Dave. Thank you once again for coming on the show, dude. You're a great sport. You have great stories and you have an incredible website, The Attitude of Aggression, dude. You're welcome to come back anytime. Go ahead and plug anything you've got coming up for 2020 because we know it's going to be a great year for you and your family.
6: Guys, thank you again for having me on the show. Uh, always a pleasure to be on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, anybody want to check out what we got going on? Uh, you can go on to like uh, AttitudeOfProgression is the website. You can stream most of the episodes there. I know some of them are missing, but you know we're trying to fix that. Get those back up. You can interact with me on social media at Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression or follow me on Twitter at Attitude A-G-G. Also, uh, you know, we are talking about nerd stuff earlier. Uh, We kind of got a new collaboration going called the Bandwagon Nerds Podcast. You can find that on the Chairshot.com radio network where we kind of two real nerds try to educate a bandwagon nerd on all things of the nerd force, that sort of stuff. We do have on the Attitude of Aggression coming up the Swaggy Awards, our fifth annual end-of-the-year wrestling awards show. That's coming up this weekend. But otherwise, guys, I'm so happy to be here during the holiday season, and I want to wish you guys nothing but the best in the new year and happy 2020 and all that stuff.
3: Joe? Oh, absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, It has been absolutely amazing. Uh, please do not be a uh, stranger. Uh, we would love to have you on once again, you know, to, to talk about anything for professional wrestling. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the show tonight.
6: Anytime, guys. Just say the word.
3: And Dave, remember, if you, if you
2: if you if anybody asks you about what you learned on the Wrestle Talk podcast tonight, you tell them. Keep your hands off Renee's wife's gift cards, because if not, you're going to get your ass beat.
1: <laughs> and All that right,
6: buddy, is, that a and that, <laughs> that, that and sweet potato souffle. Don't forget that. You can't forget that.
2: Don't forget the souffle. That's right. Guys, we're going hey, to break. Let's, 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 go let's, ahead, Joe. Let's, let's, let's you're damn right. right. <laughs> Joe, that was awesome. Guys, we're gonna go and hit break one more time. That's the attitude of aggression. Dave Unger, an absolutely wonderful individual, a great band, and somebody who loves professional wrestling. Just like yours truly the night owl and my man Nightbeard Jones. We're gonna hit you guys with the break song. We'll be back in about two minutes and thirty seconds with hour two of the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Check it out. there's one thing I've always done, is that I've always remained to stay who I am. L. I am. This is something you can definitely smoke to In my past, hope I did nothing to provoke you A northern cat going down her daisy tubes Rolling downtown with a really crazy crew One of a kind, one of a dime, living a hell of a live mirror mood Will die. Got a whole composure, I'm not looking for exposure I'm just trying to move this notion forward Keep exploring I know you know that most of these rappers are for it Got me snoring, checking options, you know I ain't for it That's why they fear me when I hit the booth and start recording They're looking nervous, looking like the rego couldn't afford it I'm on it still for my homies who ain't here Asking God, was it really a reason they had to disappear? Life works in mysterious ways I'm just happy to be here, still doing my thing I am you And I represent the SP Slumdive uh uh-huh. I am CBT And I represent the S-P-A-G Slumdive Burning slow up on the end or Rising towards another level Wood pushing no pedal Skate scum no geppetto A healer in a
2: <coughs> Y'all what up Night out, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, because we got some more. Every Wednesday we're here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones, and all the best jest. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at the prom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our number two of the WrestleTalk podcast with Joe and Renee. Huge thanks for a wonderful first hour. Ref Pinky called in, and then our featured guest, Dave Unger, came on and dropped that knowledge about the attitude of aggression. We love talking pro wrestling, and what's crazy is that everybody has a different opinion. What I think is important is that you not be shy and that you you muster up a little bit of courage and call in and talk to us about what your thoughts are concerning the world of professional wrestling, because there's a lot going on, guys. I know everybody's caught up with family. I know we've got the holiday hangover. Hey, and we're not done yet because the new year is right around the corner. But pro wrestling, and likely for you as it is for us, is an escape from all of that. It allows us to have fun have opinions, and talk a little trash back and forth. And when I think about trash talking, in my opinion, there's really nobody better than the world premier fantasy wrestling promotion. We've only got a couple of minutes until our second featured guest of the evening because we are going to be talking to the wind of destruction, the recently unmasked Mikaze, also known as Sadie Blaze, a true STL slash Midwest legend. I cannot wait to have another opportunity to speak with this man now with the veil removed. That said, folks, if you're with the FWWC, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to fill up that phone line. If I only see one or two callers, we're going to make sure we're respectful to you. We're going to bring you on. But if we don't get the reaction that I think we deserve, then we're just going to go ahead and move on because we've got a lot of things to discuss. Nightmare Jones is itching itching to get back in here and talk all things pro wrestling with you guys during episode 278 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Fill up that that phone line, folks, whether you want to talk FWWC or you just want to talk wrestling in general. That number is 657-383-1521. Again, that's 657-383-1521. Our very first caller of the evening is a former FWWC women's champion, And she happens to be on FWWC Blue Brand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the show, La Familia's very own Hardcore Sis.
7: Good evening and night, Al. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty good, Hardcore Sis. Pretty good. The the holidays have been good to me and my family. How about you?
7: You know, the holidays were were pretty awesome to, to Hardcore Sis. And, you know, I just want to tell you one thing right now. I know your wife, and I wouldn't mess with her, especially not when she's mad about no, a gift card. I don't think I would.
2: You can't touch the Queen of Extremes gift cards, I'm telling you, because she'll throat punch a bitch. All right? She'll oh, yes, grab a she chick will. By the cooter. Yeah, she will, and I, she'll grab a chick by the cooter and throw her across town. I'm telling you right now, you think that lady from the McDonald's is bad? Yo, my wife is absolutely insane. But, listen. <laughs> you and your own right, Hardcore Sis, you're pretty hardcore yourself. And what what I've been reading on the FWWC is that you're in hot pursuit of the FWWC Hardcore Championship currently held by the Triple Crown champ, Daniel Grimm. Can you fill us in on the details?
7: You know, you're absolutely right. And as a matter of fact, he's kind of been ducking me. So Hardcore Sis has come up with, Just a little bit of a way to sweeten the pot a little bit for him. You see, Daniel Grimm, I hope you're listening because here's what Hardcore Sis is going to do for you. You know, you keep saying, oh, earn it, earn it, earn it. I think you're dunking me. I really do. And I think you're trying to find a way to get out of having to meet Hardcore Sis at that next pay per view. So here's my deal for you. You know, I am the queen of Hardcore. After all, I am the first woman to ever hold that title. And I held it twice before you even held it once. And I think I've had more matches, hardcore matches, that is, than you have had in your career. So I'll tell you what I'll do. You meet me at the Rumble for that title. If you manage to retain your title, I will retire my queen of hardcore title. I will also drop hardcore from my name. And I, in 2020, won't ask for another hardcore match. I'll do all of that if you manage to retain that title in a match against me. I don't think you can do it. So what do you say, Daniel Grimm? You willing to put that title up against me and, as you like to say, shut me up and put me in my place? Or... Do so you have what I like to call no balls? Balls are in your court.
2: <laughs> she says balls are in your court. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast fantasy wrestling segment. Hardcore sis has called out Daniel Grimm, and if she loses, she will drop the moniker Hardcore from her name, and not challenge for the Hardcore Championship for all of 2020. That is huge. And that reminds me of another superstar. And this person's on hold. I'm very reluctant to bring him on, but we had a a pretty amicable conversation with Hardcore Sis. So if I can manage to restrain myself a little bit and and, and remove my frustration towards La Familia – I think I can get through a conversation with this man. He happens to be the general manager and the lieutenant of La Familia Worldwide. In his manager let's just say in his managerial responsibilities, he manages the Red Brand and he is in hot pursuit of the Blue Brand as we get closer and closer to the end of the heated FWWC brand battle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. A man who always manages to weasel his way to whatever and whenever he wants. Marcus Mayhem.
1: Miss you, meet you where you've been. I could show you incredible things magic, madness.
2: Mayhem, you're live on the Rest of Talk Podcast. What's on your mind
5: tonight? You know what, Night Al. I've given you a yes. break for a while. And I appreciate the the warm welcomes that you've given me. Even though you say I wheeze on my way, I would call it more of outsmarting and strong-arming what I want. But you wouldn't know nothing about that cupcake. But anyway... Well.
2: <laughs> well, well, you know, i got to give you your credit, okay? And I'm just going to skim right over the insults because you do find a way to get where you need to go. I don't know how much of it is you. I don't know how much of it is Mata. But recently, you guys have shown interest in competing once again for the FWWC Tag Team Championships, which you lost. Fair and square at FWWC Survivor Series, according to the record books. But you and Elmata are staking claim that that is not true, and we want to hear all about it. Why is it that you believe that you guys deserve, and apparently the challenge has been accepted by Xavier Sane and Daniel Grimm, the current FWWC Tag Team Champions, but... Go ahead and walk us through this because I'm very curious to know how it is that you guys deserve to jump in front of everybody else that's been competing, including fellow La Familia members, and get yourselves a title shot for those tag belts. Explain. Well,
5: first of all, we did not lose those tag team championships. You see, we got robbed. And what people don't understand, Grim and Sink don't understand, is that, that as she ass. El Negro, Dusty,
8: uh,
0: (laughs) this dude
5: screwed us out of the titles. It was virtually three versus one. The clown guy, the clown guy, he he screwed us over. He, He made it to where Mata was not aware of what was going on, and I was outnumbered. It was not fair and square. We did not lose those titles. They were given to the SOF. The clown has got to go. This isn't the first time he's screwed with me. He screwed with me at the Pickum with his stupid doink box. He needs to run me my coins.
2: I see. So, apparently your argument is that El Negro Loco, right? the, the clown guy who has been sequestering people from what I understand uh, the f w w c is conducting a full investigation, so I can't get into that in great detail, but what I will tell you is that he's not an active roster member, so he's not necessarily our problem, but he seems to have a huge beef with the leader of La Familia Worldwide, El Mata. Uh, any thoughts on that situation? Is something that you guys should be concerned about or or no? Because clearly, he's starting to get under your skin.
5: You know... We we see what he's capable of. We, we've seen the promos. We've seen him, you know, take hostages and, you know, on some really creepy stuff. And he's not worried about anybody else. He's made it clear Mata is his target. He's going to do whatever it takes to get Mata's attention and to get him in the ring or face-to-face or whatever he wants. Long Familia is not scared of anybody. If anything, we see this is another nut job from the insane asylum who managed to get out and decided to want to come after us, just like the rest of the FWWC who has a problem with La Familia. But you know what? We're going to take them out just like we do with anyone else who has a problem with us. And when it comes to the Royal Rumble, me and Mata, Heaven's Demons, we're going to take back what was rightfully ours to begin with and what was taken from us. We're going to take it back.
2: Well, that's great to hear, Mayhem. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I know you guys uh, on Red Brand are doing everything you can to come out on top against Curtis Black and Blue. Do you have any final words that you want to deliver to those guys before we move on to our final caller of this segment?
5: You know, Red Brand, we're going to stand up. We've been screwed over too much. But, you know, after seeing all the loose ends over on Blue Brand, you know, Daniel Grimm. Pretty much being the only person who's Able to stand on their two feet I have a very good feeling that At the end of the day red brand is going To come out on top and We will be this season's Winner that is all Mayhem out
2: Mayhem out ladies and gentlemen We got time for one more caller We're about five minutes away
3: Night
0: oh, out, just when you night out, night out. I am going to make
3: this quick and sweet. I didn't come here to talk to you, so I came here to give out some breaking news. So intern Timmy, I know that you're there. Hit that breaking news real quick. All right, so here's the thing. See, it seems that at Royal Rumble... Nightmare Jones doesn't really have a match, and it seems that Hardcore Haas and Daniel Grimm are going for the FHC. Well, I happen to hold a, uh intercontinental championship that I can cash in at any time to be involved in a match for the FHC. So I'm stating it right here and right now that Nightmare Jones is cashing in his IC title at the Royal Rumble. That's right. <laughs> but I do what I want to do. So there is your well, the breaking news. You have a good night, sir. Wait, wait a minute. I got questions
2: for you, Nightmare Jones. I got. He hung up. Dang you, Nightmare Jones. You know the crowd and the fans don't appreciate you inserting yourself into such a high-level match, considering you've already got plenty of business to handle concerning the Warrior's Heart Championship. I'm going to get an opportunity very soon to ask you some very serious questions, sir, so don't think I'm done with you just yet. But as far as tonight goes, guys, we've got about a minute and a half left, and we do want to bring in one more caller. This gentleman resides in the deepest, darkest part of the jungle and he is some—he's in some sort of mood tonight, folks. Welcome in the former multi-time UHC of the FWWC, Red Brand representer, the one, the only, the Battle Cat.
5: You know, hearing Jonesy talk just now—that was like the worst twenty seconds of my life. That was twenty seconds that I'm not gonna get back. So, I want to thank him for that personally. But wait,
2: wait, wait! wait. There's a message <laughs> coming through. Hold on, Battle Cat. Okay. It's from Nightmare Jones, and he heard what you just said.
5: Oh, I'm and glad he did. He
2: said, "He said, he says, that's right, Battle Cat. That's exactly what your mom said last night." Oh, <laughs>
0: <got he. laughs> got you
2: know, he. <laughs> you know. Okay, enough Nightmare Jones. Enough with the shenanigans. Let the man you know, say what he's got to I, say. I'm sorry about that, Battle Cat. I had no idea what, I, what I, he was getting
5: at. I laugh be, because that's not funny, and because he's he's trying so hard to be funny. So to me, that's funny that he's just not a funny guy.
2: He, he's just acting like a child. He's acting like a child. Well, ladies and gentlemen, apparently Battle Cat is not too happy right now. He went ahead and just. Dropped off and left. And, you know, it is what it is. And nobody likes to come on and be insulted. And I'll be a little bit more careful next time I read notes from Nightmare Jones. Well, that being said, folks, it is time to thank the wonderful folks of the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the FWWC. I've said, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. There's a lot of people in this world who wish and pray and hope that they could be in the professional wrestling business. And for whatever reason, they can't. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's personal. The FWWC is the alternative. It's everything about pro wrestling minus the actual in-ring wrestling. A lot of people absolutely love what we do. Real championships. You can win real money, but you're not required to uh, compete in the in the money uh, matches if you don't want to. But we've been shipping championships around the country and really even outside the United States here recently – It's absolutely free. If you want an opportunity to cut some of the very best promos, get some posters, get some competition in during some of the live events in professional wrestling, including Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, NXT, and AEW, make sure you go over to wrestletalkpodcast.com, slide on over to the Fantasy Wrestling tab, hit it, and read up more on the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the FWWC. That said, intern Timmy, go ahead and cue up that music because it is time for the second featured interview of the evening. This is a gentleman that has joined us before as Makazi. And we may get a little bit mikazi today, but we are also privileged to be speaking with Sadie Blaze, who's an absolute legend of Midwest wrestling. He's been doing this for well over 20 years, from Gateway to Dynamo, the matches with Tracy, and so many other wonderful things in between. It is an honor and a pleasure to welcome him back into the WrestleTalk Podcast for episode 278. Hit the music, Intern Timmy, as we're joined once again by Sadie Blaze.
3: what's going on sir
9: what's going on gentlemen
3: oh my goodness it is a pleasure to have you back onto the podcast again how have you been
9: it's great to be on i'm doing well actually that is absolutely
3: awesome if you don't mind i'm gonna go ahead and kick kick this uh interview sir. if you don't mind
2: no man please go ahead i know you got a lot of great questions joe
3: I do. I do. Um, you know, I actually wanted to talk about Gateway Championship Wrestling, and I wanted to know, what uh, what is one of your most memorable early career stories or views that you had
9: in Gateway Championship Wrestling? Uh, one of the most memorable things was when uh, Matt Fidel, he was just known as Matt back then, he first started and we would always go out for intermission to talk to the fans and uh, mm-hmm. sign autographs and whatever, and every show, every show for about a year, I would pull his shirt up over his head and sign my name across his chest.
3: <laughs> That's, <awful>. That's awesome.
9: <laughs> I, I'm surprised. He, he should have gotten it tattooed, but, you know, it's okay. Right? So, <laughs> so you get
3: this say? So Every show, you
9: would like put a shirt up over his head, and you would just sign his chest. <laughs> yeah, at intermission, in front of everybody, in front of the crowd. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he was he was about 105 pounds back then, and he was a really small kid. So,
3: um, what got you into professional wrestling?
9: I've always been a wrestling fan. I went to shows at the Hammond Civic Center in the Chicago area when I was a kid, 1979, 1980. Um, I saw Dick the Bruiser versus the Crusher in a cage. Pretty much saw, like, all the legends back then of the Northern Territory. Um, And I, you know, I gravitated away from it for a while. And I'll be honest with you, when I found out that uh, Holland Nash threw Rey Mysterio Jr. into the video truck, like a lawn dart, that kind of got me interested again,
0: mm-hmm. and
9: uh, <laughs> we just sort of devoured it at that point, and I moved to California to pursue musical stuff, and uh, I just felt like I wanted to do it, i always, always been in athletics, I've always been in the theater, and I realized that it was a great combination, but I was never a big guy, And it wasn't Uh until, like, ECW started using the luchadors and the Japanese guys that I realized you don't have to be 350 pounds to be a wrestler. So once I moved back to the St. Louis area, um, Jim and Crystal Young had found a promotion, a local promotion called Midwest Renegade Wrestling. And once I came back here, we went to one of those shows, and we were, I mean, we were blown away by it. Again, it's involving something else. Pete Madden picked up. This manager guy that they had launched him about four rows out in the crowd. Um, wow! And we were we were like, oh my god, that's amazing, and you know we stayed after, talked to people, we started helping out, like a lot of people do, picking up chairs, putting away chairs, helping with the ring, things like that. And uh, they started training school, and I'm and I'm like, I'm in, I'll be there. And six months later, I had my first match. That is is is. Awesome. Well, and speaking of,
3: of of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, you were also involved in the first match for the Dynamo Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Can you tell us about being in that match?
9: Um, I had won the NWA Missouri title. And it, it, then it was NWA Dynamo Pro. Dynamo Pro was under the NWA banner. But the split happened and dynamo pro went its own way. And that was the first match um, where they were trans switching over from the NWA Missouri title to the dynamo pro championship. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember a lot about the match. I think I smacked my head on a guardrail. Um, but I know the guy that I wrestled is, one of the better kids I've ever seen in this area. Um, Casey Carrington. <laughs> I wish that his career hadn't gotten cut short. Um, and eventually I would like to see Casey come back to wrestling as a trainer. I think he'd make a fantastic trainer.
3: Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I would love to to see Casey come, come, come back myself. Uh, I don't want to take up all of the questions because I know that my co-host is is chomping at at the bit. So Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? So I,
2: I really appreciate it, Joe, and, and uh good job on uh you know doing your research and having some stuff ready. Uh I though uh have had the pleasure on several occasions of seeing uh Mikaze Sadie Blaze work and on one very special occasion Sadie and I actually shared a locker room. Um, That's right. Him and and Jim came to Kansas City, or Independence to be specific, and provided the ring for what was kind of like the third reincarnation of GWF, which I was involved (laughs) in for the very first time. And I can tell you that there was a segment of the locker room that immediately gravitated towards you, Sadie. Uh, Of course, some of them were your guys, right? Um, The Spanish kid, he was one of your guys, and then I believe he brought somebody else. Ricky, Ricky Rodriguez. uh, Ricky
9: Rodriguez, yeah. Yeah, and I love what he's
2: doing, by the way. He's really evolved, and uh, he's highly entertaining. Uh, But the reason I bring all that up is because for so long now, you're kind of like you've been in this mentorship role while remaining active in the business. I know that you're towards the back half, right? We saw the unmasking of Mikaze and all that. Are you officially done? Have you announced it? And if so, uh, what does the future hold for you as far as being a trainer and being involved down at the Dynamo Pro Dojo with Jim, Crystal, and and all the guys down there? I know that's a loaded one, man, so answer that (laughs) if you have to.
9: (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry it's a multifaceted question really. Um, yeah, I was done. And yes, I did announce, I, when I, I did that, did a career versus career match against Adrian Serge, Um, and I lost and I was comfortable at that point being done. I had hit, um, several goals that I'd made for myself in the last five years. Um, I felt comfortable that I could hang them up, so to speak. Um, and then when I made my retirement speech, someone came out to the ring in my gimmick, in my mask in what I built as my legacy for 20 years. Um, and I, you know, I thought it was, eh, that's really cool. It's a pretty neat tribute where I get to be stand next to my character. And, you know, he, we, he raised my arms and all that kind of stuff. And then he blindsided me. Um I didn't appreciate that as you might imagine. Right. And even then I was like, well, you know, some kids trying to make his name, that's, that's what they do. I mean, you see it in athletics all over the place, especially like football, a rookie destroys a, a legend quarterback and then gets up and does a big dance. He's trying to make a name for himself, wants people to remember him and he wants a payday. Um, I, didn't, I was, you know, it, it, the first time it didn't bother me a lot. It, it sucked, of course, but I was like, well, We'll see what happens next, and it's happened again now multiple times. He's literally stolen my identity. There are promotional like he cut promos on me, all kinds of stuff like that. And after this last time at the last animo show in November, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Previous to that, um, I just I had just had enough, and but I was retired. I lost a career versus career match the feud that I had with Adrian Serge was one of the best things I've ever been involved with, involved in um, that guy deserves everything that he gets. And I hope he goes on to much bigger and better things. Um, and I guarantee you in 15 years, he's going to be on your radio show talking about what a great story and career he's had. Um, and I didn't want to disrespect that career. I mean, I, I, I signed up for it. And i was I fully intended to respect respect my career being over if I lost, but after all of the tactics and the beat downs and and the smack talking that the guy that stole my identity has done, I couldn't take it anymore. I'm not a guy that just stands back and lets people say whatever they want, and i Jim didn't know it was going to happen. Nobody knew it was going to happen. I walked out into the middle of the ring, addressed the situation, asked Serge to come to the ring, and asked him permission to come back to fight this guy. And, you know, Serge being the guy guy he is, said no at first, which was funny. But then, you know, he said it was fine with him and good luck and all that kind of stuff. So um, retirement over. Uh, and I'm looking for – I'm looking to roll some heads.
2: Wow. Well, I was (laughs) privy to some of that and not all of that. And I I would only say this. When will enough be enough? I mean, I've seen you compete in every match you've ever had. Either you're getting hit with a fireball or you're hitting someone (laughs) with a fireball. Like, like people don't understand, Joe. Like, listen, this this guy Sadie sounds real, mind-mannered and super respectful. But if you've ever, and just ask Chris Rodell. Just ask. Listen, people don't understand. You guys got to do your research. It's all on YouTube. It's all on the Facebook page. <laughs> Go hit up Dynamo Pro. That's all I gotta say. And, huh? and if and if you're not sure what, about Dynamo Pro, and you're like, well, what are their credentials? Just just look up Jim and Crystal Young, and, and look look up what they've done. And then come back and see me, because this stuff is serious. And I've seen Serge work in Kansas City, and I've seen him work up in Central Illinois, and he's always at the top of the card. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for him to kind of say it, and you know respect your decision and <laughs> coming to come trying to come back and take care of your business, to me it says a lot that a guy like Serge, is it. He he has the right to be arrogant to a certain extent, right? Because he did beat you. But he oh, showed yeah. humility. That's how, that's how a champion is supposed to think and act. But I guess right. the only thing I have to ask before I throw it back to Joe is, what, what is this situation with this impersonator? Do we know who he is? Do you have any clues? When are we going to see this, this showdown happen, if at all? Is the Dynamo Pro Brass going to allow it? I mean, what, what's going on there?
9: Well, the first thing I want to say is I don't think Chris Rodell knew how close he was to getting lit on fire. Yeah, he did. He, was, he came he on here despair. and cried about it
2: two weeks later. He was crying okay. about it when he came okay. on. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, he was mad as hell.
9: I brought him a present of a gas can one time at a, at a, at a show, and I think that that uh, turned his head a little bit.
1: I think he peed um.
9: himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, do Do I know who this person is? I do not. Um, he has been very scarce in the building. He has, he comes in quickly, um, creates chaos, and runs out the door. I I mean, it sounds real familiar to me because that's I kind of made a career out of that, causing chaos and then run away. Um, So he must have been really paying attention. But I have a couple of ideas who it is. Um, My intention is we will fight. And when I beat him, I will take that mask off and everybody was going to find out who it is. Um, I will be at the Dynamo show uh, this Saturday at Concordia Turner's. And I intend to walk out to the ring and ask for or demand a match with him. Um, I don't know if, if he's listening or whatever, but, if he is, I, I will just say, be there. Don't make me come find you.
2: Damn, not, not sure how to follow that one up. So, so Joe, uh, <laughs> why don't you jump back in here, man? I I I know when when I hear a man be serious about something, I know when to step out of the way and let a man feel how like he has to feel. So, what what do you got for uh, Sadie Blaze here tonight, uh, Jonesy?
3: I. I, I, I do. You have had the pleasure of sharing the ring with, with the likes of uh, Lights Out Adrian Surge. Uh, what was it like facing Lights Out Adrian Surge?
9: Um, so honestly, I think Surge is a consummate professional. Everything he does, he does for a reason. He's very precise. He moves well in the ring. Um, he knows what he's doing. Uh in the lock, he's fantastic in every locker room. I've been in several different locker rooms with him, and he's fantastic in every locker room I've ever seen him in. He likes to work with younger guys. He's always there with helpful um, advice. The, the, the thing about Serge is when a, a young guy comes to him and says, hey, did you see my match? What did you think? He won't just tear it apart and go, well, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, and you did this wrong. He'll say, well, this needs work, and I really liked what you did here. And maybe if you did this a little bit better, it would have gone this way. And but he's always like building the guy. You know, he's not just saying we did this wrong, and then he walks away. It's always it's very positive reinforcement and positive criticism. Critique.
2: Well, and Joe, let me jump back in here because you talk about um, opponents, right? And one of the things that I know that the uh, listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast love is when guys talk about who they faced over the long haul. And we know that the rivalry research has actually been there. I know I was there uh, when you and Ozzy Gallagher, when you were sitting in the crowd and Ozzie had, still had the long hair and he called you out. Uh, I, I remember yeah. all that stuff, right? I mean, it was all well-documented. But even going back before that, you faced some former guests. Um, you, you actually uh, uh, faced a guy who was getting ready to be inducted at the Cauliflower Alley Club induction ceremony in 2020 uh, a man by the name of um, of Tracy Smothers. Uh, I know that was a little while ago, <laughs> but can you tell us a little bit about that experience and, and maybe some of those moments where you've been in the locker room and kind of felt the nostalgia to be working with guys that maybe you looked up to growing
9: up? Well, the, Tracy it was funny because I got booked against him, and I had heard, you know, it was like everybody has, I had heard the interview where he had talked about all the young kids doing the flippies and the the hurricane rondos and all that kind of stuff. And the first thing out of my mouth to him, he said, "Well, what kind of, you know, what, what do you want to do?" And I said, uh, "Just nothing but hurricane rondos the whole time." And he <laughs> he kind of looked at me sideways. i like, "No, man, I'm kidding." And, and so, we went out and did 45 you you minutes.
2: He he loved our sarcasm. Did he take to it or no? I I
9: think we became we pretty much became instant friends at that point. Uh, uh, I'm not sure why. If it would have been me, I probably would have smacked me. But you know, Uh, we went out and did 45 minutes.
2: (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I don't know.
9: We went out and did 45 minutes. um, A 45 minute match, and I think I bumped once. Um, but it was highly entertaining and I enjoyed every second of it. And that sort of started because Tracy had a school, a, tr- a wrestling school in Lincoln, Illinois, for a couple of years. And that sort of started a good relationship between he and I. And then when the school started, I became a trainer at his school. Also, I was driving to Lincoln once a month to spend the weekend. And we would train Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, so it was sort Man, that, of expanding like my training sick. experience. And, some of the guys that train there are starting to filter in Dynamo into Dynamo Pro, like uh, um, Khalil Akbar. He was a guy that started at the School of Smothers, and I worked with him a lot there. And as he got got better, and you know wanted to branch out, now we're starting to bring him into Dynamo. Well,
2: I think that's a great thing, and, and I know uh, even some of the young talent up there, uh, Camaro Jackson. Uh, top two uh, and even some newer trainees that have shown up there. I, I know you guys are continuing to kind of pass down that, that legacy, right? Cause it was like the gateway legacy. And then now like Dynamo's kind of building its own. And now you've got yeah. kind of a whole nother crop of guys that are coming up. I know you're excited, um, but I want to go ahead and kick it to the past just one more time. Um, can I, Joe, I you all know inter- this name. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sadie.
9: Can I interject something really quickly?
2: Um, sure, sure, I will
9: talk sure. about it now because it's been made public. But Tracy's not doing very well. Um, yes. That's so true. anybody that wants to to uh, wish him well, give him support, that kind of stuff. I'm, he appreciates every bit of it. He's a very humble guy. Um, you know, he's a tough guy. There's no doubt about that. But he's he's a very humble guy, and he deserves all the the accolades that he, that he gets. Um, there will be something coming up. Uh, there will be, can't say too much about it right now, but um, there are people behind the scenes together to put on something in Tracy's honor and, you know, that kind, that type of thing. Um, like I said, I don't want to go into too many details, but it is being worked on.
2: Well, if it has anything to do with like a benefit or anything like that, let me know uh, because we can kind of mobilize the Talk family and make sure the word gets out uh, because I think okay. that'd be, that would be more than a worthy cause. I, we've talked to so many people, Joe, that have a Tracy Smothers story or call him, uh, uh, um, you know, OG or old time or whatever or old school or whatever. Yep. Just kids, it kind of like how, you know, Bob Evans going around the country and he's Uncle Bob. Tracy was like, like Bob before Bob. Like, he's been doing that in Indiana and in the Midwest and the South for so long. And and, then when you start getting into shows like this, Sadie, where we're not just talking about WWE and AEW the whole time, you start to hear the trends of the guys that are really touching, uh, um, you know, no homo, (laughs) that are really touching the boys out on the road. You know what I mean? Like, that are really making that impact and passing on kind of that, that water from the well, as they say. Tracy is that guy. Anybody who's listened to the show for any extended period of time, you know it's all about respect. So, um, Sadie, if you guys are going to do anything like that, just make sure you hit us up. We'll see what we can do on our end because that's very important to us as well. I I was telling this story, was it last week or the week before, Joe, But Tracy actually holds a a record here on the show, Uh, Sadie, like a world record, like a WrestleTop world record. (laughs) Let's call it that, Okay. Okay. Go ahead. You wanna hear it? You hear what it is?
9: Yeah, yeah, what is it?
2: Alright, the 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 uh and, and we told it to John Cosper because John is writing a book about Tracy, right? Oh, so cool. right, he is and that should be out by Cauliflower Alley twenty twenty. So if Thanks. you want to go let me know. You just have to drive to Casey and then we'll go the rest of the way. Uh okay. <laughs> we I'm serious about that. But anyway, um Tracy's mothers came on the show and Joe asked One question, one question to lead off the interview, and we never asked another question the rest of the show. This man had so much to say. The stories were so funny and so great. We interacted and laughed and engaged with him, but he didn't need nothing from us. He was just ready to go. And when when he comes to your town or when he does your show or whatever, that's Tracy Smothers, man. Yeah, and that's yeah. great that we share the affinity for him because he, he, he's I, one of
9: our favorites I, I I know exactly what you're talking about because we'd have these big trainings so we, all weekend long training sessions and Tracy would start talking and it usually started with him going hey, 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 let me tell you hey
0: <laughs> it cracks me up even to think about it
9: and he would start talking about you know, this guy and that guy and being here and all, you know just telling stories and it would it was very uncomfortable for me at first because I was like, these stories are fantastic, but we're here to get ring time. So I'd have to kind of steer him away from that back into what we were working on. You know, we'd be in the middle of teaching some drills or whatever and he'd go off on a tangent about about New Jack or (laughs) Steve Austin or something. Right. And I got to like reel it back into, no, we were working on arm drags.
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, well, that's that's very – that sounds just like Tracy to us. So, guys, remember he's being honored at the College Flower Alley Club in 2020. But, you know, when we're talking about giving flowers here, we've got to make sure we put the focus, I should say, back on you, uh, Sadie. And, and the follow-up question I had was you also faced a guy by the name of Joey Grunge, uh, who's yeah. somebody that I think a lot of guys are familiar with. Joe, I know you'll you'll be familiar with that name as well. Can you talk to us about, you know, the contrast of having your standard match, you know, like you have so many times, and then when you start facing guys like that that uh, kind of know how to take it to another level, and I'm not talking about breaking light tubes and stuff like that, but, you know, like there are competitors that just kind of work at another gear, and I think Joey's been known for that for a long time. Can you talk to us about your experience about working with him?
9: Yeah, Joey's gear is stop hitting me so hard. That's what I think. I'm like, Jesus, you're going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I was actually at I was on the show when Joey had his first match in uh, Joplin, Missouri um, 19 years ago something like that, I, I, it's been a long time he he came up with a promotion out in the Kansas City area who actually like guys like Sterling and Wyatt and guys like that all worked for this promotion when they were very young in the business um, so I've known Jody, Joey a long Central long State? time um, no, it was, uh, Steve Estes' company, but I can't remember what it was called. Um, I'll think of it after I hang up the phone.
2: Well, I'll tell you, just real quick, and only three people will know what we're talking about. I actually have Central States DVDs, like tapes. Oh, so, really? So, uh, when I come to St. Louis next time, dude, we're going to have to hang out and pop some of these in. I think you'll yeah, really I enjoy it. Because Dan Walsh, yeah. Dan Walsh is on some of them, I think, like... There are some sick matches on there.
9: This was even before, like, Walsh was going out to Central States, like before Martin and all that stuff.
2: Oh, um, even before that? Wow.
9: Yeah, and it, and, and the company, he, he was I – mean, we were running in, in the arena in Joplin and doing really well.
0: Um, all right.
9: And pretty much Pete Madden opened the door for me to go out there. Pete took me and Mike Scherrone out there and – we had a blistering match where we went like 20 minutes and and did all kinds of ridiculous stuff in the first match and then the whole locker room went great now what am i going to do
2: what the hell dude um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys are assholes <laughs>
9: well, I, I mean i had been in the business you know a year and I, I it was soon thereafter that somebody pulled me aside and said look here's how it is <laughs> and you know i learned there but the first match we went out there we we actually got there late and the promoters kind of mad and we went out and did, they had no idea who we were. We went out and did the first, did the match and then came back in the locker room and everybody wanted to buy pictures and DVD and well, VHS that we had, we didn't have DVDs yet, but they were, I sold more merch in the locker room than I did to the fans that night. (coughs) And then (laughs) that, that company kind of became a, um, i where we would take, gateway trainees out there with us to help let them cut their teeth out of town somewhere. You know, that's when, when I came up, that's what Pete Madden and big bad Ben did for me. They took me out of town, let me get all the bad stuff out or, or, you know, let me suck somewhere where nobody knew me. And then when I was ready, then they started booking me in St. Louis. So that's what I've always done with, with our trainees. We always try and go somewhere else and they get a match or a dark match or a battle royal or something like that. And we do that a few times. And then we come back and, and then they, we put them on the shows. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's – I think Matt Seidel's first match was out there in Joplin at that company. God, I wish I can't – can't believe I can't remember the name of it. It's all right. It's all right. Emmy, hey, Emmy so w, the last time we
2: talked
9: to you. Midland Empire Wrestling. That's what it was. Mew. Empire. W. Interesting.
2: That predates oh. me. I've, I've only been in uh, KC since 2003, so that's probably before I started
1: oh, yeah. looking.
2: It, because, and you say, but I do remember, like, Pete Madden, for example, like, he had a big role in Metro. Like, he, he was yeah. bridging the gap between St. Louis oh, yeah. and Kansas City, right? Like, right. Uh, right. eventually, like, the Besties and uh, Abernathy and, and Jalistico right. and all those guys made their way back over here. So, yeah, the, the well, connection is pretty I, I, interesting, man. It really is. I love it.
9: Keith actually bridged the gap between like old school St. Louis wrestling, where the attitude was, if you're a new guy, we're going to beat the hell out of you for six months. And then if you come back, we'll teach us an arm drag. <laughs> he bridged the gap between that and then how we teach now, which is not, we don't beat people up. We treat people very respectfully. And if you're, my attitude is if you're coming to training and you're paying to learn, I'm going to teach you. Um, your ability, whatever your ability is, I'll work with you. we'll, we'll figure something out. But, you know, like I said, when a lot of the, when Pete came up, when Ben came, up, like a lot of the generation before me became wrestlers in St. Louis. It was. I mean, there was one guy that he was training at at a place, and the first thing they did they did to him was pick him up and power bombed him out of the ring to the floor. Holy shit! <laughs> what
2: was it? Outcast? And, I mean, <laughs>
9: no, I'm just no kidding. it was it was way before Outcast.
2: Oh, Outcast okay. Would have got up and dude, Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's. It. Awesome fucking
9: guy. So when um, MRW, Midwest Renegade Wrestling, which was before GCW, when they started the training center, Ben and Pete had already decided it's not going to be that way. We're not going to treat people like that because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And we've been with us ever since.
2: That's so, (laughs) so awesome. Joe, I know you're hearing these stories, man, and I got goosebumps over here. It's so cool. And I'm not even a wrestler. I'm just a fan <laughs> of the stuff in this area, man. I just like putting the puzzle pieces together. And it's so fantastic. So uh, I guess what we've learned today is, uh, you know, Mikaze is, is still doing business. Sadie Blaze is here. Uh, he's still a huge part of, of pro wrestling in the Midwest uh, by being a huge advocate and supporter uh, for not only Dynamo Pro Wrestling but all the upcoming talents, the, the up-and-coming talent, coming out of the dojo. I mean, you heard him say it. There's a lot of great talent down there. And uh, they have a huge show this upcoming Saturday. We're going to go ahead and plug all that stuff here in just a matter of moments. But I did want to give Joe one more chance to pop in with any questions or comments before we close out tonight's show with a little bit of a trivia challenge if you're up for it, Sadie.
9: I'm up for it, but I don't expect much.
2: Well, yeah, well, I got short-term memory
3: problems, so we're probably going to fare about the same. Jones, you got anything else for Sadie? I do. I, I I just have one more question. Um, When you are Sadie Blaze or when you are Mikazi, how do you, you get prepared to be Mikazi? Because Mikazi and Sadie Blaze are two completely different people, in my opinion. I mean, it's the same person, but it's two completely different personalities. So how do you get ready in the ring when you are uh, saving buddies and how do you get ready when you're in the ring when when you're the other guy?
9: Um, it's not real hard, mainly because of the mask. When the mask goes on, I, then I, I feel like yeah. encompassed by the character, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, you know. Christian Bale is Christian Bale, and then he puts the cowl on, and he's got the crazy voice, and he does cool stuff.
0: What?
9: Um, when he doesn't have, When he doesn't have the cowl on, he's yelling at lighting guys. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, Joe, real quick, and I know I said I had my last question, but I, I gotta ask it. So, Makaze right? Like, I'm, so I'm uh-huh. Mexican, and, and I'm learning about like I know more about American wrestling than Mexican wrestling, but I'm a Mexican dude who's is also an American. I have to ask you this, like. Do you, do you have, like, a perspective of, like, respect for that? Because going under the hood is different than from what I've heard, right? Like, I just talked to some, yeah. a lot of guys. Like, it. it you're not – you clearly are not doing it to become famous because I, I'm sorry, and this is going to be super, like, um, you know, politically incorrect, but there's a lot of guys that want to be wrestlers so that people clap for them and know who they are, right? Like, for the yeah. clout and shit, right? Like – I'm sorry, there are a lot of guys, right, that are like that. And then there are guys that do it because it's an art form. And when you put the mask on, you are basically giving up the famous thing for the most part, right? right? Unless you're like Rey Mysterio, right? Like everybody knows Rey Mysterio. But you know what I mean? Like when you go under the hood, there's anonymity. So you don't want that praise outside of what you do in the ring. You're not looking for people to run up to you at the grocery store and go, oh, my God, I saw you this weekend. Like you're intentionally – avoiding that. And I think there's like this beauty to it, right? Is that the uh, respect that you hold for the mask or is it just something you were like, hey, this would look cool? <laughs> I know I oversold the first one. I know. Right, but I'm just saying I think that <laughs> just speaking to you, I think maybe you are one of those guys that sees the honor in it, like the way of the sword or whatever, you know? Yeah, is there any truth to that?
9: It's it's completely true. I mean, my mask um was styled after two masked wrestlers, Psychosis and Jushin Thunder Liger, who were two of my favorite wrestlers. And, like, my top three be- were Liger, Psychosis, and Bret Hart. So the mask things, things, elements of the mask were stylized after those two. And then I did things in the ring after Bret Hart. You know, I used to use a sharpshooter as a finisher. And it was, it was completely because of Bret Hart. Um, Hogan was my guy when I was a kid. But, as I learned about wrestling and being a wrestler, those were the three guys that I really looked at as my influences. Um, and you know, I wore a mask for twenty years, and I consider it an honor that I did and I've had it's sort of what stings about what's going on now. This guy did nothing,
2: no respect
9: Yeah, he, no respect he doesn't deserve any of it. you know what I mean. Um, and then you look at a masked wrestler like Delirious, who's one of the most talented wrestlers I've ever seen. And I'm and I'm including everybody I've ever seen in WWE, even if I bought a ticket. <laughs> yeah, try inter-
2: yeah. try interviewing him. <laughs> Can you imagine? We tried that, to, we, we I've tried tried that once, right, world. Joe? <laughs> yeah. Joe, remember when we tried to interview Delirious? That was the craziest thing of all time. We would
3: ask well, him yeah. a question, and, and, and yeah. literally his, his response was, that was just it was we so, so good! Oh my gosh! Okay, and then we just kept going. <laughs> Not the so mean That he's was the awesome. kind of
9: guy you got. You got to have a babel fish in your ear to figure out what he's saying.
0: <laughs> oh, if anybody gets that yeah. happens,
9: we're going to be friends.
0: <laughs> um,
9: you know, delirious trained it gateway championship wrestling he trained at gcw and the thing i remember the most about him as a young trainee was no one in the building knew more about wrestling than than delirious the guy is a walking encyclopedia of wrestling um it's unreal the stuff that he retains And and i mean i'm not talking about you know some guys know everything about wcw and wwe delirious knows stuff about all the companies he knows old guys he knows Japan. He knows Smoky Mountain. He all that stuff. It, it's unreal.
2: Well, I guess, and it, it was an honor uh, uh, <laughs> to interview Delirious. Just like it's, it's an honor to interview you, uh, Sadie. I uh, know, I know you I know you've got a lot of unfinished business, um, but for me in particular, and anybody who knows about Wrestle Talk and what we do here in the Midwest or whatever, you guys know that. I've always felt like we don't get the love like that the East Coast or the South gets when it comes to pro wrestling, and so that's why I think it's so important. And, and you know, in tandem with Luke Roberts, who helps set some of these interviews up, uh, we feel it's so important to shed the light on guys like this because the Midwest does have rich history. It has a very rich history. You just got to do a little digging to find it, and, and we're happy to play a part in making sure that people know. How absolutely fantastic it is I mean you talk about a guy like Delirious Who you know has been responsible For much of the success of Ring of Honor Say what you will about them over the last year But Ring of Honor Mm -hmm. Is a name that's always garnered respect In pro wrestling for the last 20 years Dang it So you know say what you will But at the end of the day They've done good business for a very long time And with a guy like that still being a part of it I'm sure they're going to make a bounce back Uh, All that said Sadie, are you ready to go toe to toe with the night owl? That's the question. Can I get me some makaze tonight?
9: Uh yeah, just ask me a question about me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite subject. Yeah,
9: I, I tell I don't know if you know who Patrick Cranmeier is. He's a big, huge wrestling like historical yes, yes, historian yes, fan yes, also. I,
2: I love him so much that that uh, vintage freaking Wayne's world hat, man. How could I forget? <laughs>
9: I tell him almost every show. I'm like, man, you know more about my career than I do.
2: You're probably right. <laughs> yup, him and Ben Simon, them two guys know everything yeah. about wrestling.
9: It's insane. And previous Luke Patrick, and Luke, yeah, Luke also. But previous to Patrick, there was a guy in St. Louis named Harry White, and he was the like the historian up to maybe 2000. Harry died a few years ago, but. It's sort of, oh, no. they—I don't think they knew each other, but Harry, Harry White, was like—he was the man. If you wanted to know about St. Louis wrestling, you talk to Harry.
2: Man, I, I hate that we missed a chance to talk to somebody like that. Man, I love talking to guys like that—Herb uh, Simmons yeah, he, and guys, you know what I mean. Sadie, like guys like that.
5: Yeah. So awesome. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, that said, the pleasantries are done, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Intern Timmy, queue up the music as we close out tonight's show With the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Let's go!
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world famous. Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge tonight. Our contestants are Stacy Blaze and the Wrestle Talk Podcast own Renee Martinez. Tonight's contest will be the best two out of three falls. In a few moments, I will ask you three three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer, and the first person to win. Two out of the three followers will win tonight's game Share challenge. In honor and recognition of our guest, tonight's contest category is titled Famous Mass Professional Wrestlers. In a few, in, I will give you information on three famous mass wrestlers. When you think you know I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. Once again, the first person to win two out of three falls will win tonight's game share challenge. For example, if I were to say, this match wrestler has competed around the world for nearly thirty years. In nineteen ninety two he debuted in triple A. In nineteen ninety five he moved on to have Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio would be correct. Renee would have gotten the point. Now that, that you both know how the game show challenge goes, are you gentlemen ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's
2: get to let's get down to business.
3: All right, question number one. This wrestler is often considered to be one of the greatest junior heavyweights in the history of professional wrestling in Japan. Jushin, Jushin Thunder Liger. Liger. Jushin Thunder Liger is correct. The Night Out has gotten one point. The Night Out has one point. Davey Blaze is not on the board yet. All right, question number two. This wrestler has competed around the world for over 32 years, In his career, he's won championships in All Japan, the NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, UWA, WWA, and WAR. A former holder of the J-Crown, this man also held the WCW Cruiserweight and Television Championship. He is also known for his second rope moonshot, often called the Asahi Moonsault. He has the last name of Dragon. Oh, that's good. Ultimo Dragon. Ultimo Dragon is correct. Davey Blaze has gotten the point. He has tied it up. Uh oh. So this it comes all down to this question right here. This wrestler right. competed in professional wrestling for over thirty years. In 1972, he donned his traditional white mask with black trim, and began competing in. No. He began competing in Georgia and Mid Atlantic territories. And one of the most unique stories in the history of professional wrestling, he was invited to the White House by Jimmy Carter, but was unable to see him due to refusing to take off his mask. His also, his wife, is running, no. his wife is well known in the professional wrestling business. As being the creator of many of the extravagant roads of the Nature Boy, uh, he has the name of Wrestling Number Two,
9: Mister Wrestling Two.
3: Mister Wrestling Number Two, Sadie oh, Blaze has won the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show I, to. I was for fun. For fun, we're just going to ask this 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 last question just for fun, okay? This wrestler this mask wrestler is one of the most well known professional wrestlers in Mexico. He is known as no the man of one thousand masks and has championships in all Japan. The- M mascarists would have been, it would have been correct, but unfortunately, Renee, you were one question too late, so Shady Blaine has won the WrestleTop Podcast Game show. Hey, seven. it's the
2: medal. Hey, hey, don't no, give no. him the regular victory music. Give Sadie no, some metal not. because I know that's what he likes. I mean, <laughs>
3: here, metal. Is, here is your music.
2: Go
3: awesome ahead, Joe, song. go ahead, I'm sorry I was going to say, such a awesome, awesome, awesome song If you don't like metal, there's something wrong with you <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, listen, Sadie, we're so happy to hear that Mikaze has unfinished business in the world of professional wrestling Before you go, do us two quick favors One, tell us all about the upcoming Dynamo Pro Show this Saturday at Concordia, and tell us how people can follow you on social media.
9: Um, This Saturday at Concordia Turner's, the 28th of December. Doors are at 7, shows at 8. Concordia Turner's in St. Louis City on Gravelly near Kings Highway. Um, And if you want to follow me, I'm on Facebook. I have uh, my own personal page. It's Sadie Blaze, and I also have a Mikazi page. Um, I don't do Twitter, so it's pretty much just Facebook. I'm really <laughs> am not big on social media. I try to stay off of it, but it's a good promotional tool. So,
2: Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, if you drop gems like the ones you dropped tonight on the show on there, I think people would really, really appreciate it. So, for the sake of the pro wrestling community, please post on Facebook more, please <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Sadie. Well, listen, we hope that this is not the last time that we have an opportunity to talk. and when your business is resolved over with the fake Mikaze, i want to come I wanna have right. you come back and tell us how that all got situated and resolved. I'm sure it's gonna prevail what it's what's gonna end up being the end result. Is that the original is always better than the second version? Thank you, Sadie, so much for being here, man. We appreciate you. you. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, have a great night.
9: I appreciate it. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you.
2: Hey. Say good night, Joe.
3: Hey. Hey. That's it, Joe. Man, we did. Whoa. We did. We did it. We did. We made it to episode two hundred and seventy. Eight ladies and gentlemen, episode two hundred and seventy eight. Man, oh man, oh man. Next week, uh, due to uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day being on uh, Wednesday, we're going to have the show on Thursday once again. So, uh, so don't look for the Russian Talk Podcast on Wednesday. I mean, you can go to the Russian Talk Podcast.com and you can listen to all the older episodes if 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 you want to and then on Thursday you can listen to the brand new episode. Uh you know we 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 definitely would appreciate if you would listen to the old episodes because the old episodes are pretty good too, I must say.
2: Dude they are fantastic. And you know what? Speaking of the old episodes, let me go through a rundown. Josie, whenever you're ready you can hit the music and cut me off. But let me tell you some of the guests we've had on the show since 2016. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Go grab you a mug. I mean, come on. You know you got a little bit of extra cash that you got from your granny over the holidays. Go get yourself a WrestleTalk Podcast custom engraved mug with your name on it, $20 plus shipping. It all goes back into making the show look and sound better. And, you know, we're doing our best to keep pro wrestling Going alive and strong here in in the Midwest and over in the East Coast and West Virginia, Virginia, Baltimore, Maryland, that whole that whole area. We're keeping it popping, baby, and hopefully we'll have Michael Bennett on the show soon because Namir Jones has been doing his job. Namir Jones been doing his job. Here are some of the guests we've had since 2016. Hit the music when you're ready, Jonesy. Bobby Star Bobby Starr, uh, Dwayne Gill, Joe Malenko, Johnny Mantell. Manny Fernandez Mark Marrow, Road Warrior Animal And that's to cap off A great 2016 In 2017 we came right back Babies And we had some of the best interviews Of all time You know why? Because that's what we do on the Wrestle Talk Podcast We bring the heat We bring the best interviews we, we can
1: you, find you. Where you've been I um, show you a to Magic, madness, 2017. Say, saw you Savio Vega. Oh it face. don't matter. We had the best in the world. The Regals win. We had Jeremy Pike. That's right. Oh, you know what else? had delirious. We talked to We had Bob Evans. so What? We're shooting for time. I'll kill That's how we do, baby. Good night, everybody. The show's
2: going to continue. We'll be back next week on Thursday. Just go to wrestletalkpodcast.com. Can't never get enough. Best wrestling podcast.
0: Period. Hey. I
2: can make the so bad for a hey. worker,
0: so